Listen at your own discretion as the following content contains strong language, adult dialogue, discussions of violence, and spoilers. Cue the intro. fellow readers and welcome to three reads in a pod my name is delia my name is heather and i'm sarah if you're interested in a trio of ladies that get together and record our book club for the masses stick around this episode of three reads will be discussing wishes by jude defero if you want to read along we post the book and book bite of the month on our instagram and now without further ado we're going to turn the page heather excellent excellent so like um uh, delia said we are going to be talking about Wishes by Jude Devereaux. I will start by talking about the author herself, Miss Jude. Just a fun fact for all you listeners. My mother has loved Jude Devereaux since I was a very small child. There is not a time in my life that I do not remember her being a household name. Um, So as we talk about the book, I can give you some insight to some of the characters in the book that are mentioned in other books that she writes. It's really exciting. But to talk about her, she was actually born in Louisville, Kentucky. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. Or she was at least uh, born in like a <laughs> small town outside of Louisville. Yeah. I did not know that until I, I did this she research. Was from Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. This is so exciting. We're really yeah. excited because we're, we're from Kentucky. So, so we were like really excited about it. <laughs> and my right, mom ahead. did Sorry, not know that either. So when I told her, she was thrilled. She was very excited. <laughs> That's fantastic. Miss Jude started writing in 1976. Uh, she was kind of working here and there. I think she like taught some classes, whatever, and would read tons of romance novels. And she was like, this isn't what I want. There's something about this that isn't what I want. What would be the perfect romance novel? And she spent three days just like writing down her ideas. She said she barely slept and began her first book. So that's pretty cool. Um, she has traveled all over the world. She has written... I think it said like, ooh, I don't know if it told how many, but she's been writing since 76 in her last book, or she has a book coming up in 2021. She's 73 years old currently. Um, she, oh, one of her favorite places to live was Cairo, Orleans. Egypt. So uh, yeah, her, uh, now her, her book of preference is a historical romance novel, which is what Wishes is. Uh, however, mm. with the market, the way it is, she has been writing more contemporary novels just to keep her stuff selling, which breaks my heart because I like mm. her, her historical stuff. I mean, for the most part, I feel like Regency historical novels are still pretty popular, didn't they? I mean, like the the Bridgerton series that just came out on Netflix is a Regency era, mm -hmm. like romance novel. So I think she's still got a lot of meat there for her to get, you know? Mm -hmm. Get it, girl. I support you, Jude, and all that you do. So that's for the author. And then Wishes Itself, while written in 1989, it uh, takes place in 1896 in Chandler, Colorado. So I did use a place, two two different places I got some of this information from. Number one is study.com. Gave me a lot of information about the time period, uh, late 1800s and 1890s specifically. And then I also use Wikipedia because God bless Wikipedia. Oh my God, yeah. So one of the big things with the late 1800s was uh, technological advancements. So you had a lot more time for leisurely things, which I think we see in this novel. And then, uh, so like parties and gowns and dresses and sitting and uh, socializing and things like that. Uh, with that advancement in technology, you saw a big time jump in like uh, business and trading and commerce, which relates to uh, Charles, which is the dad in the book. We'll go over that later. But we see a lot of what he's doing with that. Railroads were expanding. They actually talk about trains in the book. Now, as far as some of the fashion in the book, I found uh, Wikipedia specifically talked about corsets 
and uh, the idea of curvy women was beginning to be more of an attractive thing. Uh, so we'll get into that more as we talk about the book, but that's just something that it literally specifically mentioned in Wikipedia. So the corset was to make the waist a little smaller, but that way you had that big hourglass figure um, mm-hmm. to kind of fill your women out. Also, if you look up Colorado specifically, it was a big mining state. And that's specifically mentioned in the book. I'll talk about that as well. They use the term, quote unquote, they're no better than coal miners a couple times in the book. So that was Mm kind of cool, especially coming from Kentucky. We're coal miners here too. So exciting, exciting. And then slavery was abolished in 1865. So from 1866 to 1896 specifically, they actually saw a big time jump in civil rights movements and things like that for uh, Black Americans, which I think is really cool. Uh, I don't think we see any of that in the book specifically, but just something cool to mention, um, especially as we are in the middle of a civil rights situation in America right now. Now, it was uh, you might cover this later, but wasn't was Colorado technically part of the union yes. during the civil? Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's just a bunch of uh, some historical facts to kind of get you in the mindset as we talk about the book. And if you guys are ready, I'll go ahead and give a quick summary. So uh, the book begins with the death of a lady named Bernie. Uh, She died in the 1980s. You very quickly learn that she's vain, worried more about appearances than anything else, and not afraid to ruin relationships to get revenge or to get what she wants. Uh, Now, after dying, she is led through the kitchen, quote unquote. It's basically like a limbo or purgatory for women specifically. A lady named Pauline explains that to her. Pauline is like, yeah, it's kind of like you spend most of your life in the kitchen and now you're going to think that death is all amazing, just like you thought your marriage might be amazing and you're still just ending up in the kitchen, which I thought was funny. Uh, Bernie is given her first assignment to earn her way into heaven, uh, helping a girl named Nellie with the use of magical powers. So then you kind of slide into Chandler, Colorado in 1896. You meet Miss Nellie, who is 28. She's very sweet, helpful to her sister, Terrell. You see that Nellie not only cares for her sister, but their father, Charles, as well. So not the most healthy relationship, very codependent on Nellie. Terrell is thin, pretty. She's in her, I don't know if it tells her age. I'm guessing late teens, early 20s. We know that Nellie was eight when Terrell was born. It mentions that. Yeah, yeah, so so Terrell ended up being 20. Yeah, so Terrell's, mm-hmm. Terrell's 20 years old. Um, she's a right brat as well. Uses food to manipulate and guilt her very pretty but overweight sister, Nellie. After a dinner with Jace Montgomery, now this is a man who would be working with their father, uh, Nellie finds herself falling for a man for the first time and having that reciprocated by that man. Bernie sees all this happening. She grants her three wishes. This is something that Nellie's soul truly desires, not just kind of a wish off the top of the head like, oh, I wish my laundry was done, but something truly that her soul desired. But she did not tell Nellie this. She was like, we're just going to let it fly. But then Nellie's wishes are spent on other people because she's so selfless uh, and ends up putting her in an even bigger predicament, particularly with her relationship with the handsome and uh, lovely Jace Montgomery. Mm-hmm. After a Taggart Ball, which is a large event held yearly in the small town where everyone gets to get together and dance in their finest attire, uh, Terrell, her sister, is more mad than ever at the attention that Nellie receives. She and her father work to keep Nellie in their clutches. Bernie sees all this. She feels super guilty, has a change of heart, and she actually comes down to 1896 to help Nellie and Jace have their happily ever after. And that's all I got. So if you guys want to add anything or if you think that's sufficient. No, I think that was great. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to go into initial thoughts. 
All right. So who wants to go first on initial thoughts? Mm. Well, I guess I can. <clears throat> I remember I read this in high school. Um, I believe, Heather, you'd recommend it. Well, I know you recommended it to me. Like there was no one else who did that. Uh, so <laughs> you recommended that and I read it and I thought it was really great because, you know, like, um, first of all, this girl is just overweight. She's not morbidly obese. And I would like to mention that she's a very healthy weight. I be- like for me personally, like she was only like one, what 162 pounds. Like that's completely, I feel normal if you're overweight, so be it. But she's not sitting there like, I don't know. They're making it sound like this girl should be on like 600 pound life. Okay. No. And how tall is she? See, I don't know. I don't know if that was mentioned. The only way I'm seeing that she they would see her is that big as if she was like four feet tall. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say because I'm 130 and I'm five foot even and I have a, I think that I'm pretty well distributed for the most part. So if she was like five, four and 160, that seems fine to me. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. Go no, ahead. you're fine. So um, in essence, you know, being a girl who's always been like plump, especially after, um, you know, going through puberty and all of that good stuff. Like, I like that because, you know, especially then as a high schooler, like I saw myself in like Nellie's shoes, not as a slave to my family, of course, they're really great. Um, but just in a sense of, you know, like that romance, you know, you want to feel you want to feel loved, you want to feel pretty, you want to feel special, you know? Um, So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And even as an older adult, like I see, I see a few more, you know, probably themes that, uh, that I didn't realize when I was in high school, um, of course. And I like that. Um, I think the characters were well, like the book itself was an easy read, super easy read. Um, I think the romance was done well. Like I fell for Jace Montgomery myself, you know, kind of thing. Like we all did. I think, I think we all mm-hmm. just wanted to put Terrell's head in a toaster. Like, you know, just, it was, it, you know how I'm saying, like, that's how you feel. Um, so me, myself, initial thoughts, great book. I think it has a really good lesson. Um, personally, I just wish the bad people just kind of, um, had a worse ending, but you know, that's, we can talk about that more later. Uh, <laughs> that's another general. Order, I guess. We'll get to it. <laughs> yes. Um, but besides that, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think it's a good recommendation, especially for February where we have the, you know, Valentine's day. I think it was a really nice light read. Um, and it's something like, I remember at one point though, I was getting, um, kind of emotional like you know you, you get to that point in the conflict where everything's going wrong you know it's going to go right eventually because you know but everything's going wrong and I remember Adam looking at me and he's like you're so hateful today and I'm like listen I said there's conflict here and I'm pointing to the book and I'm like and there's conflict here and then I pointed to my heart I'm like I can't do this okay but that's how I felt and if you guys want to go ahead then there you go all right. My initial thoughts are super short. I, I just said, I was like, I loved it. I stayed up. So I was like, I'll read a couple. But that thing, that meme I sent you guys earlier, that was just like, you start a book at nine. You're thinking you're just going to read for a couple of minutes. You look at the clock. It's 1 a.m. And you're like, oh, I got 100 pages left. I might as well finish. <laughs> so my husband comes into bed. I started it at like around 10. And I was like, I'll just read like a couple chapters. And then Matthew comes in and it's 2 a.m. And I'm like, you know what? I got about 100 pages left. I might as well just finish reading it. So I stayed up until 3 a.m. 
uh, reading it, knowing full well I had to work the next day and I had to be up at 6.45. So... <laughs> Oh, girl, it was worth uh, it. I don't know if you noticed, but I, I, I may have liked it. Uh, you know, <laughs> just, just a just little a bit. Little. No, it was fantastic. I, I, like you said, it was a light read. It was a quick read. It was a good read for February. I mean, that's not when this is getting released, but it was. I liked. Uh, I'm gonna go into my likes and dislikes later. It was super fun. I really enjoyed it. I'm super glad we read it. Um. So my initial thoughts. I mean, it was my book pick. So I super. Uh, enjoyed this book. I've enjoyed this book for a long time. When mom started me on Jude Devereaux, she is a romance novelist. So you always worry about sex scenes for your teenager. And this one has one, but it's not like the worst in the world. So as a teenager, I just really enjoyed this sweet, super good human who is uh, being tormented by, at the time, I didn't know words for it. Um, But Terrell definitely has some type of personality disorder. If we want to talk about Delia, you're the psychologist mm-hmm. major yeah. person I here. Am, yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm the one getting the degree in, in counseling. We can definitely talk about all of her diagnosis. Yeah, it's a lot. She's oh and it probably stems from no, I'm gonna let you finish. We'll go we'll get into it in a second. <laughs> She's like, let's talk about it. We will, we will. Um, but we'll just diagnose all of our characters later. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm really into it. Um having had some people in my life that had similar behaviors like the gaslighting and things like that. Um, I think I related more to this book than I even realized. And as an adult reading it again, I am just blown away by some of the similarities in Nellie's character and my character as a human and Terrell or Terrell and some of her behaviors that I've seen and people that I know. Uh, So that was just something I really liked. I hated it, but I liked it at the same time. And then I also did not see as a high schooler that this is a giant Cinderella trope. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know how. I am so mad at myself. I was reading this and I said, it literally has a ball. Like, there's a ball. Yes. <laughs> I said, what the <laughs> heck, man? I'm so upset. So To be uh, fair, most historical novels have a <laughs> have a ball. So The Cinderella trope was something that I also just picked up on the second time reading it. Did not know it. As a, and of course, you know, you're in high school, you, you're still developing your literary, literary sense. And I had a fairy tales class in college, so I see it a whole lot more now even. But dagnabbit, I was like, you're so dumb. But <laughs> initial thoughts, I really liked it. And I'm into a fairy tale trope. Okay. So. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, we're going to end up reading. I think the next book, the next book bite that we're doing is a fairy tale. Like I just, I'm all about the fairy tales. You know this. I'm like, wait, what? Every year we're reading a fairy tale and at least one nonfiction novel. I don't know who's picking the nonfiction. It was Heather this year, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm always, I'm like, we got to read a fairy tale one. So things that we didn't like. Sarah, you go. Okay. Um, so to start out, I think obviously the first thing, like I mentioned before, was the fact that this girl, you know, I think it was Bernie herself who'd said, and I have the quote here. Um, give me just one moment. Like she's 200 pounds if an ounce. And then Pauline's like 162, actually. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, you know, imagining the way I was when I was like, 
162 pounds. I think that was like my average weight when I was in college. And it's like, I felt very pretty, you know, like you have curves, but I mean, everybody has curves. Like, I feel like that's something. And even if you don't, I mean, that's completely fine. I'm not saying that. Um, But, you know, the way that they act in this book and they're like, oh, and obviously she's an emotional eater. She -hmm. very clearly has an eating disorder stemming from all of these emotions that she has where she's binging. Right. And uh, which I think in itself, one thing about Nellie um, is I don't. I think it's a little unbelievable saying, well, she ate two dozen cookies and then she went and ate like two cakes and then she went and ate. And I'm not saying that, but I'm like, that was just a little unbelievable to me because I'm like, like there's binging, but there's like, there's no way that her stomach was going to fit all of that. Yes. Immediately throw it up after. Exactly. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, like I get it. Entire she's, cakes at one point. Yes. She ate like, so much. She was like, there was literally a point where it was like she ate two dozen cookies and then she went and she ate another dozen pastries and then she went and ate whatever, whatever. And she kept eating and she said she had to go to the park and lay down or wherever and give herself more room to eat the rest of everything. And I was like, girl, one diabetes, uh, two, like, <laughs> like, you know, would any of this have developed? Like, it's, but I, I don't like, and then I think we're in this society and I'm sorry, I don't mean to make this a long thing but you know we live in this society where everybody's like oh but she's got a pretty face she's got a pretty face okay it's like well what if she's just pretty then why can't you just say she's pretty it doesn't have to be she has a pretty face you know oh that nelly poor nelly she's got a pretty face and it's like okay then you know and i think maybe that's just because inherently i want to see the good in everybody like i think everybody's beautiful in their own way and i'm not saying that is very cliche it's just the older i get the more i know that people want to hear that they're pretty because they need that. Everybody kind of needs that, you know, and Terrell was very selfish. Even Charles, when he was like, Oh, Hey, I've got a pretty daughter at home. Come check, come check her out. He's such yeah. a shithead. What a dick. I, yeah. oh, okay. I say, I was going to, I shouldn't say shithead. Cause I use that as a term of affection for my animals and my husband, but um, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's definitely just, I just guy, he's so frustrating. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's okay. So I think those are the main things. One, I think just the weight was over exaggerated, and maybe for the time frame, you know, one hundred and sixty-two pounds, whatever. But even when Bernie came to the kitchen, she's like, "Ah, oh, that girl is a big girl. There's no way I can help her." Um, so I didn't like that. I did not like the fact that in the end, of course, like we talked about spoilers, but it seemed like no one got their just desserts. Like Terrell didn't realize the shit she had done. That was terrible. She didn't get any kind of flack for that. She goes, she falls madly in love with what a dude who is like a farmer. So he's a little bit dirty, but his kids and him are willing to do anything for her. And she's just sitting and I'm like, dude, that's not fair. Charles gets a wife that helps him spend money. It's like they get these things. But it's why could they have not done that for Nellie? You know, she still had to endure all of those years of like torture from them just so they can kind of be happy. And even still at the end, she's like, oh, I'm the happiest girl in the world. And I'm like, girl, you are, but they're terrible people. Like you do not have to keep those toxic people in your life. I think that's one thing that, um, you know, like I love my family dearly, but the older I get, the more I realize the more toxic you are, the less I have to put up with your shit. (laughs) Yeah. It does not have to happen. You know, like you might be about flesh and blood, whatever. And I get it because the wish kind of held her there. Like she literally couldn't do anything unless they were like the comfort. And I, I completely get that. But even after the fact, I think like at one point, I think it was, uh, Jason said, you know, 
you believe them over me. And she's like, well, wouldn't you believe your family over a stranger? And it's like, mm, not your family, girl. Not well, yours. but she's <laughs> raised with them though, you know? And I, I think that's an, an era yeah. where, so I think yeah. it's a little different now mm-hmm. because we, we live in like, we are surrounded by all kinds of messages from the social media, the news, whatever. So these um, modern ideals of just like, you can be beautiful however you want to be beautiful. And, you know, okay, yes, my family's very toxic to me. And I can see, like, I could go to a website and be like, toxic family member traits. And it's going to pull up like, oh, that's my freaking right. family. That's every so, one of them. She doesn't have that sort of edge. And she dropped out of school at one point. She didn't finish. She, she was did. 14. I think she, I think she I'm dropped not out saying, of 14. Yeah. Or 20, yeah. yeah. And I'm not 14, saying 20. she's an idiot for that. I'm just saying she, that she not. doesn't have the worldliness of, and she lives in a small town. So she doesn't have any experience to go off of other than this is my family. And because I would never want to do them any kind of harm. I believe inherently that they don't want to do me harm, not recognizing the amount of dysfunction that exists in them. And I think a lot of that too, is the fact that she literally had to raise Terrell. Terrell was the first thing that she ever had to love. And she thought that was going to be the first thing that ever loved her back. Yeah. Um, because even in the novel, I didn't like the fact that her mom was even like, meh, you know, like her parents just did not give her any attention as she was younger um, whatsoever. But those are mainly the things, just the weight issue being like 162 pounds, which is, to me is completely like an average weight, like, you know, of whatever, of a person, of a lady. Um, and I think we all each have our average weight, but the whole fact that everybody kept saying like, oh, I don't know why, what does he see in her? Sure, she has a pretty face, but, and then they would go from there. That's like the thing that bothered me the most. Everyone said it. And I'm like, goodness, good gosh, guys. Um, but that was pretty much it. That was my main, main dislikes there. Well, I thought the pacing was, I know it's a romance novel, so it's going to be, the pacing's going to be a little bit more uh, fast. Like if you compare Jude Devereaux to, you, I don't know if you guys have ever read a Stephanie Lawrence novel. Mm-mm. Your stepmom, Heather, got me into Stephanie Lawrence. Nice. So <laughs> yeah, she she did. So I I don't know if you ever ended up reading any of them, but the pacing and like Jude Devereaux in comparison to her is just significantly, it's quicker. Um, it's, so I didn't, I, th- I felt like this, the pacing was super fast, even though I did like the book. And I, for me, I was like, I really want more Jason Nelly and less, this is exactly where I put my notes, less the bitch queen Terrell. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. I was like, we didn't get as much time with the two of them before they fell in love. I kind of, uh, I wish that we had had, and even after the fact, like most of their, courtship was kind of spent in strife and that's what we see like we have to imagine they're happily ever after and like there are sweet moments don't get me wrong but i just wanted for them to be end game i wanted more mm-hmm. um but i do think that overall if you're gonna take it like because i think in my head i'm like romance novel means that my hero and heroine are gonna spend a significant amount of time together and while this is a romance i do think that it can fall into more of a category of like a social commentary or um it can be. I'm not saying that it it will or that it could totally fall into that. But I'm just saying, like, I think the author maybe spent more time focused on character development and less on relationship building with like romantic relationships, which is not uncommon. Which for I think okay. like her as a, her as well, a novelist, her plot is way thicker okay. than you're going to find in some of the other romance novelists. So that's not uncommon for her. But also, I agree that if if your end game is a romance novel, give me some of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so I think that 
so and I I didn't even clock it until Sarah mentioned it, but the eating seemed out of like I thought it, but I didn't think to put it in my notes as far as like her eating excessively. That just seemed like unrealistic. And I know that just because like I remember being in college, I, I ate half a large pizza of Papa John's, four slices, the like half of one, and like half a dozen cookies. And I was like, I thought my stomach was going to explode. So I can't imagine like eating two dozen cookies, countless pastries and cakes on top of it. That just seems super unrealistic. I just can't. Because, you know, pizza is, it might be have surface area, but it is flat. So like, I'm like, there's no way that right? she could do that. Okay. Maybe her stomach has different elasticity than I can. So and just to interrupt here for just a second, I had to imagine just to kind of keep myself in the moment that she just had a tapeworm. Because when like Bernie <laughs> wished for her to get skinny, I was like, it's just the tapeworm. <laughs> the magical <laughs> tapeworm. Doing all that. It's the magical tapeworm. That's it. <laughs> I wonder. Oh, okay. That was pretty much that was those were the things I didn't like. Excellent. For me, I say it's definitely going to go to just not all of it seemed super realistic. Every character seemed like a major extreme. And so you have Nellie, who's like the sweetest of the sweets of the sweet. You know what I mean? And then you have Terrell and her father, who are horrendous people. And then you have Bernie, who's a horrendous person. I think Jace Montgomery was one of the most balanced characters in the whole book. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. concur. And... I don't know. I just I maybe wanted a little more balance in my characters. Uh, with that said, the unrealistic amount of eating, definitely one of my points as well. Uh, for her to only be 162 pounds. Because it says that she binge eats frequently. It, that's like a thing that she does. And so how many times can you purged, binge eat? But she didn't. Do what? I said it'd be different if she purged, but she didn't. And exactly. she's eating carbs primarily. Mm-hmm. Mostly exactly. because they're easy to eat. So then you go back to Sarah's point. Diabetes. Where is it? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Our nurse. Here we go. <laughs> I have a lot to say about it. And then my I other bet. point, if we're going to talk about uh, dynamic versus static characters, going back to, you know, I talk about balanced characters. I also want to talk about dynamic versus static. Nellie is your protagonist and she doesn't learn anything. I don't know that she really learned how to fight for herself. Bernie just made it all possible. But Nellie mm-hmm. never had to really stand up. There's only twice in the book that I can think that she really kind of stands up for herself. Uh, one of them being when she when Jace is like, just come with me. And the magic is holding her back. And she's like, if I didn't feel like I literally couldn't leave, then I probably would. So that's one time. The second time is when she binge eats something. And, but the, the magical tapeworm is already in place. She binge eats something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Terrell's like, oh, you shouldn't eat that. And she was like, yeah, well, if you haven't noticed, you're the chubby sister now. <laughs> And I'm like, yes. I think like- the other one too was manufactured by Bernie, but when she's like, You need to go see Jace, you need to tell him that you love him. Mm-hmm. And she pushes him out and she pushes her out the door. Now granted, again, I do think that was primarily she did that because it was manufactured by Bernie. I don't know if she necessarily would have done that on right. her own. Like there was one point, I think, when um when Jace was like, now she's learning to fight for herself. Like what? Because they were doing something and she like stood up to him for something. And Oh yeah. We're not on yeah. the porch. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. out in the, the ghost town. She's like, I'm not going anywhere. I can get home by myself. And he's like, now she's learning to stick up for herself. Like what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. So keep going. There's three times in the book. We'll give it that third time. Uh, maybe she was magically cured. And after a couple times of standing up for herself, she'll do it for the rest of her life. But as someone 
who is learning to be assertive, someone who has been so passive most of her life, it doesn't work that way. I will say the only person that you really see change is Bernie. I mean, it doesn't. So I think mm-hmm. Bern, she's yeah. your most dynamic character. She has an actual character change throughout the book, whereas Jace Montgomery, Nellie for the most part, and we want to talk about the comeuppets of, of Terrell and Charles. They don't change either. Nobody really changes except for Bernie. So then you ask the question, is she your main protagonist? Isn't your well, protagonist usually your dynamic character? I would posit... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think. I would posit, though, that there is some change in Jason. I don't know if it's just that he was so mad he couldn't think straight. And so that wasn't really change at all. It's just that he calmed the fuck down and was like, okay, that's fair. Her points about her thinking about her family before me make sense. Okay. All right. Or if that was him just being like, you know, this is a realization for me. Yes, I would think about my family first, too. It doesn't matter. So I don't know if that necessarily was, again, him just being a hothead at that one particular moment and then being like, okay, just kidding. Or <laughs> if that was actual change. But I think overall you are correct. There has there was a, a distinct lack of, of dynamic characters. I would also like to add super quickly um, in terms of when they talk about family, and he's like, oh, my family means the world to me. The Montgomerys are seen in so many Judevro novels, as well as the Taggarts, mm-hmm. which are cousins to the Montgomerys. She has so many books dating back to like Scottish Highlands with that family. Oh, so you can get cool. deep, deep into the Montgomery's, deep, deep into the Taggarts. Uh, you can read books about Jace. You know, there's probably other Jaces that might be mentioned in other books. You'll see like some of the same family names pop up. It's insane. The network of that family, those two families is pretty impressive. Nice. I love that. Okay. Things that we did like. I feel like we've already done a little bit of this, but for us to go a little bit more in depth, Miss Sarah. Okay. So if you can't tell, I have a lot to say about this book. Um, I mean, but it's great. It's great. I mean, of course, what's the point, you know, if we didn't. The number one thing that I loved the most was how open Jace was to love, I guess, this overweight woman that everybody is saying, you know, and he comes there and he's like, what is wrong with this town? He's like, I do not know what is wrong with people. <laughs> he's like, you are gorgeous. He's like, as soon as I saw you, I, I knew, you know, like, this this is the girl for me. Like, you, you mm-hmm. were the first girl that caught his fancy, basically, since his wife, his wife had passed away. Um, but I love that because, you know, Charles had told him like, hey, you you want to come look at my pretty daughter and talk over working for me? And then the dude's like, hmm, I guess I can go look at a girl. Like I haven't, you know, didn't think it was going to w- work out or whatever. And then he gets there and he's like, oh my God, Nellie is beautiful. But then you realize that obviously Charles is talking about Terrell. But still, it's just the fact that at one point... I have a, a quote here, but it was towards the end, you know, kind of like that scene where they're together and they're like getting ready to make love or they were making love, um, but they were talking. And Nellie had said, you know, talked about how he could love an old fat maid like her, which is all she talks about throughout the whole thing. She's like an old Several fat times. maid. And here I am, yeah. you know, 28. And I'm like, I'm an old fat maid. Like, Jesus. First of all, you're married, so you're not. I know. I know. That automatically takes you out of the old maid category. Ah, goodness. <laughs> Old married maid. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I hate that so much. No, it's okay. Like, you know, and I think that's the thing is like, we're living such a modern society where it's like, I love my curves. And I think we come to a point to where any of us, of course, can be like, yeah, I need to work out more. Like, I mean, sure. I shouldn't get like heavy winded going up a flight of stairs, but, um, (laughs) But it's just the point, too, is just like, you know, you've got to love yourself. And I think we come to just appreciate our beauty. And so Jay says this. He said, fat. He said, you looked great. Not that you don't look great now, but Nellie, 
I love you no matter what size you are, just so long as you aren't one of those women who picks at her food. I can't stand that. Women should laugh and eat and sing and enjoy life. And then right after that, he said he was talking about the friends of his moms because, you know, Houston had mentioned to Kane, like he grew up with a lot of heavier set women, big hips, big breasts, you know, big voices. Like, and he had said, I loved every one of them. I loved their voices, their tempers, their demands. I loved their big breasts and big hips. I loved the enthusiasm they had for my life. They ate, drank, loved, and raged with passion. And I think that's what he wants. He just wants to find that like love and comfort, you know, that that he had. And um, he's looking for the familiar, yes. real, sort of in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Yeah. And. I think it was even with, so I'm glad that people started realizing, obviously, that Nellie was beautiful. I didn't want it to come to the fact that she lost all of that weight just due to Bernie for them to realize that. Because they all knew she was a good person, genuinely. Mm-hmm. But when every all those rumors had gone around because of Terrell, which, by the way, at this point, I just don't know why anyone would believe her regardless. But God, whatever. she's such a bitch. <laughs> she is. Yeah. I don't Maybe like using that word for oh women, gosh. but you know. You know what I thought but of also when I was reading is. this? Do you remember but also. Mean Girls where Katie is like, Telling Regina's character, like, hey, these, this will help you lose weight. And oh she my God, like, yeah. you know, she gains all that weight. I feel like <laughs> totally a terrible moment. She's like, here you go. She's like, why don't you have these caramels and this and this? And oh my gosh. No, yeah, that was so manipulative as hell. I hate that so much. I know. Right. It was awful. Um, but yeah, and there was even a point where, hold on, Kane had said. I love him, by the way. Oh, yes. oh my gosh. So Houston Taggart actually has her own book. It is called Twin of Ice I, or I Twin of it. Fire because it mentions her twin Blair. One of one and one they of mention, the other. They mentioned, yeah, the <gasps> way that, dude, well, I've, read, I've read enough romance novels that have like, oh, hey, we, we also have this other book about this other person that you can pick up on some of that. Like, so I was like, there's obviously more story here, especially if they mention like, oh, there was previous conflict that happened a couple of of years ago between these two characters before they were able to get married and be happy. I'm like, Oh, there's more, there's another book. Like you automatically know (laughs) there was another book or there will be another book. I I really enjoyed that. I might have to read that because I enjoyed Houston so much. Like when Jace was like, you know, I would have, you know, and she's like, you know, you didn't have a chance to, to pick me out. Like Kane had picked me out since I was a child, which I was like, okay. Um, I I need to know more about that. Yeah. I was like, all right. It's not creepy uh, at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good to know. (laughs) You know, the fact that Jace really likes her and he's like, you know, that this is a great woman. Like I could, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah. And she was so nice to Nellie, like giving her that dress and being there for her but anyway Kane said or Houston said well Houston asked her husband Kane as he stared at Nellie what was it you said about fat ladies Kane grinned there's fat and there's fat she looks like a peach as plump and as ripe as a peach Houston slipped her arm through her husband's knowing your love for peaches I think that as soon as you stayed away from Nellie (laughs) (laughs) and so I really um that was one thing that I really liked was the fact that everybody kind of turned their tune. Um, I think that, you know, we learned that Jace, obviously he's a good man. We knew he was a good man, right? Like yeah. that's something that we knew. Uh, I really like that Bernie, can I, can I say something real quick? Yes, Pauline is kind please. of a bitch too. Oh, I like Pauline's her own form of a bitch. <laughs> Hell yeah. She is sure is. She's sitting there. She's like, oh yeah. I mean, you could watch Nelly if you want, but Hey, this ship just went down and all these men are coming. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think for me, Pauline, I think the, the one of the things I ever wrote about her was like, I'm here for Pauline. She's snarky as fuck. Oh, <laughs> yes. I love it so much. Yes. Um, and so I really, I liked that Bernie turned that corner and Bernie was able to realize, hey, I was the Terrell in my life. My mm-hmm. sister was the Nelly. I was jealous of her because of all that, you know, love that she had. Mm-hmm. And that just made me feel, I guess, for Bernie. Because there was a point where Bernie had even said, like, if a man didn't immediately give attention to her, like, she booked she booked a session with her surgeon to see what she could do to fix herself up. And it's like, how sad? Mm-hmm. How genuinely sad is that? So I just really liked um like, I agree with you guys. The romance, though, it was great when there was the romance. Like, him kissing her arm passionately while he's in the pantry. And, like, I love that part where, you know, where... I was like, oh, my gosh, sir. Yes. Stop. He's yeah. like, what would your family do if they found us making love on the pantry floor? And I'm like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> do it. I like that. That's good, Heather. He bad. Yeah. Yeah, you bad. You bad, Joe. <laughs> But there were so many good quotes from him where he's talking about like, you know, she's like, oh, man, I'd love to have like a dozen children. Nilly says that. And he's like, I can help you with that. And I'm like, please help her. <laughs> Give her all the babies. He is so saucy. I love that about him. <laughs> I do, like he did not pull any punches from the beginning. Right. Like, like he's oh, like, hey, I'm not you. you. Eventually, I'm going to marry you. Would yeah. you stop fighting me? God. Like, he legitly was just like, yep, you're the one I want. And she's like, oh, you're here to see Terrell. Uh, Terrell will be down in a minute. He's like, I want you. <laughs> like, not her. Yeah. Even yeah, in the please. garden, as he was lightly quote unquote, flirting, it was pretty obvious. And she was yeah. like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a point where I had, I think um, I have the quote in here where he had done something called her pretty. Um, and then she just like, she blushed and then she thought, oh, he's just being polite. And I'm like, girl, come on. Yeah. Feel yourself. I wanted her to feel herself more. I think that's one thing. Like I wanted her to feel herself a little more, but I understand that that's not, you know, it is a Cinderella story in itself, like mm-hmm. you said. So, but yeah, I really like the change in Bernie. But um, shit, even Cinderella knew she was beautiful. There's no fucking way she would have been like, oh, the prince is coming after me if she didn't know that. Right? You, oh, oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, girl, just look at yourself in the mirror. And I think that's one thing. She like never looked at herself really in the mirror and saw yeah. who she was. Like, I think she was so ashamed. And I'm like, girl, just take off those clothes, look in front of that mirror, look at your little bosom, like get in there. You're okay. You look good. (laughs) But yeah. Okay. You guys can go ahead. Okay. So I said, uh, Miss Devereaux does an excellent job of portraying Nellie's compulsory eating and it's always consistent. So not exactly the amount of food we've, we've discussed, but that she's, so it's not ever a point when she's not being consistent with the compulsory eating. So like, it's not like she is, at least from what I noticed, there was never a point when she was emotionally distressed and didn't eat. Mm-hmm. Like that was always really consistent for her. And I think she does a good job of like, I felt like I was in it with Nellie at the same time. And I, when I was watching that, I this is how I know that like I've been brainwashed by my society because I was so like, I was kind of disgusted by it. And I knew in my head, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not an okay feeling to have because she's quite clearly ill. She's right. It's not her fault. And I think that, because we've been conditioned to view any kind of excessive eating as disgusting and to be avoided at all cost. And so like that was a really interesting experience for me to be in it because I've never been a really compulsory eater. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, all my teeth are sweet teeth. So I eat quite a bit of girl. Same. I, 
don't need, but I've never been like, I have to eat this whole box of cookies right now. Um, unless this girl's got cookies, but nobody can blame me for that. Oh, no one can. No, that's just. <laughs> no. Ultimately, I thought that was really well done. I was really in the experience with her. Also, I think I said, Jace is a good beau. Him stand up for Nellie and just sees her. It makes my heart really happy. Like he does um he does a good job. I like that he oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. When they're sitting at the dinner table and he's like glaring at Terrell and Terrell is like, Oh, I can't I can't charm this one. Like, no, <laughs> bitch, you can't because he knows you're evil. Everybody else doesn't see it, but the man is not blind, okay? Oh gosh, yeah. Like when he comes out to her after the harvest ball and he's like yeah, Yo, you're going to leave your sister alone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love yes. it. I also thought the subtle emotional abuse was well-written. It's gaslighting. And while it made me want to throttle Terrell, it was, like I said, well-written. Mm-hmm. We'll get into, like, specific characters as far as, like, Terrell and her and her obvious personality disorder that's going on there. I also said Houston is my hero. So is Emily. They're good girls. I love them so much. Mm-hmm. Emily is, like... So if Bernie wasn't the fairy godmother, Emily definitely would be. Mm-hmm. She yeah. she's fantastic. Yeah, because she's the one she's that takes. Uh, she is. She took Nellie for her first dress fitting, didn't she? Before mm-hmm. it got like destroyed. She did. Yeah. So she's like, she was a good role model for Nellie. I kind of wish that Nellie had been out in society a little bit more, so she could get some of that confidence. I think if she spent more time, mm-hmm. her family does. Her family just kept her hemmed in so she wasn't able to see beyond her nose right Mm -hmm. i like the cinderella aspect of this have you guys seen christmas on the square by dolly parton no no okay i love dolly parton it just came out for christmas 2020 and it was it's on netflix and it's really really good i i mean like it's a musical so it's kind of corny but like dolly does that sometimes but i super loved it i had such a fun time but anyway, so it reminds me of that where Felicity has to be a fairy godmother-esque person to this awful woman. So one of the characters is she she's trying to earn her wings as an angel. And so she has to try and like, hey, I have to make this person make good choices. So I feel like Bernie is sort of, it's like flipped where Bernie's trying to get her way into heaven by trying to be a good person for this very, very sweet person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, we stand Jason in this house. We, oh, we stand him. He's great. We're going to talk about the kitchen a little bit more in depth later. But I was mad as hell at first. And then I understood. But at the same time, I was like, I feel like that's not necessarily. I'm sure it's that the idea of the kitchen and like all women end up back in the kitchen is still very true in different areas of the country. I think especially like more rural areas. But I don't find that to be true as much now. And it might just be because I'm like, um, no, no, this is not how this uh, heterosexual <laughs> relationship works, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. sir. We, we're both wearing the pants here and he cooks just as much as I do because and he does dishes probably more than I do because I fucking hate them. So I couldn't really relate to that as much. But I did think I was like, the, have you guys seen The Good Place? No. Oh, no, but it has okay. uh, Kristen Bell. Yes. No. Yes. Okay. So in the. Uh, yes, it does. You're right. Okay, The Good Place is good. You should watch it. But it's uh, there's a point where they talk about how there's a good place and the bad place, and there's no in-between place. And, you know, uh, I think her – I don't remember her name, the main character's name. It's like – I don't remember. But Kristen Bell's character, she's like, why isn't there an in-between place? I, I'm not that bad. Like, I haven't done anything terrible, but I have not been very nice either. Like, I need an in-between place. And that's what the kitchen is to me. That's what it reminds me of is the in-between place 
at, mm-hmm. from the good place. That was those are my likes. Excellent. Yes, um, I'm gonna one of my big time likes that I totally agree with is how uh, well written the manipulation is. I think for somebody if you've never experienced a person like that, mm-hmm. it might seem a little too obvious, but that is how they are. It is mm-hmm. it is blatant. Mm-hmm. But they make you feel like it yeah. isn't. They make you feel like you're the one being crazy. Gaslighting, 100%. So this book is a bit of a difficult read just because you're like, ooh, oh, that hurts to read it. But yeah, I love that about it. My number one like about this book is Jude Devereaux's sense of humor. I love some of the little <laughs> things. Uh, number one, the women being catty to each other. Oh, I love it. That is tea, baby. That is the <laughs> tea. Uh, I love the character May. There's a couple really uh, funny lines, and I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna look one up here. This is the point when Terrell is getting her friends to say that Jace kissed them. She's got them at her house, and she's like, "OMG, Jace kissed me!" And they're like, oh, "No, no, oh, what a scoundrel!" Ah, oh. and uh, <laughs> and then they're May like, says, "What was it like?" Yeah, May right? says, "I wish he wanted to buy my father's business." And then everyone looks at her because they're like. What? She's like, oh, what? Because <laughs> she wants, you know, kissed by Jace Montgomery. <laughs> so I thought that was really cute. She has several lines yeah. like that. Like, yeah. Like, oh, no. Didn't what a scoundrel. At one point, like, yeah, she was like, uh, I'm going to say he's going to, I'm going to have his baby. And then she's like, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're like, I'll say he kissed me here. I'll say he did this. I'll say we've been, he's been getting me flowers. And she's like, I'll say he got me pregnant. And they're all look at her again. She's like, oh, no. Okay. No. <laughs> Side of, you know, what a great sense of humor. And then one of my Too other much. favorite lines, okay. they are at the ball. Nellie walks in. She's gorgeous. Because Terrell thought that she had ruined Nellie's chance of going to the ball. Because she's, God, she's daughter. such a bitch. Yeah. Gigantically so. Mm-hmm. And so she walks in and there's like several lines of dialogue from different people in the room. And it says, is that Nellie Grayson? Is that Terrell's sister? And someone said, Terrell who? <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I cracked up. <laughs> it's like new hair who dis you know <laughs> oh, i'm tickled oh my gosh oh goodness i forgot about that terrell who terrell who <laughs> she's like the light of the town because keep in mind too one of the wishes is that she's getting all these invitations so everyone in the town knows who she is and then nelly walks in they're like who's terrell <laughs> i like that yeah yeah several little points in there that i really enjoyed the uh the comic relief mm-hmm. mm. yeah yeah, I think Bernie had some good comic relief there, you know, too. Some of the time, like when she was the the fairy godmother, like when she actually came back down to earth, you know, and she's got her little wand and stuff and she's like doing all her things and she's got her romance novels in her Vogue magazine sitting out in front of her. She's like, Eating yeah, popcorn. you guys go ahead. <laughs> Chilling. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. There was a really good quote, which, sorry, I keep bringing up the quotes, but I can't help it, guys. Also, hey, first should. of all, there was a quote. There's a quote that said, uh, Nellie, you know, was licking at herself. And it says there was a smudge of chocolate at the corner of her mouth. That was like right before she went to see Jace because like Terrell had given her some chocolate to eat. And I put, I put in the comments, I said, me too, girl. Because no one tells me when there's chocolate. I tell you guys, no one tells me if there's chocolate on my face at all. And then I'll go do everything. And then people will be like, you know, you got chocolate on your face. I'm like, what is no one? Like, my husband will just dead look at me and see chocolate all over. And he'll be like, you look great. What was um, in high school? What was the thing? I know it was between the two of you. One of you, your plate would be fine, but your whole body would be messy with yeah, food. That and was, the other that one, was me. the plate would be destroyed. And your face is fine. No, that was food. me. Yeah. yeah. My my plates always look like I just disaster. Complete disaster. <laughs> okay. Sorry, that's what it reminded me of. Go ahead. Uh, 
Um, let's see here. Bernie was setting up the picnic basket for them. That was, it had a ton of food in there so that they could have their wonton night or whatever. And, uh, she said the quote, she's like, lovers always think everything is magic. A bell rings and they think it's because of them. And I was like, that's kind of true though. Mm -hmm. You know, like everything, like you just, you fall in love and you think that things are kind of, I don't know. And it's so funny. And she's like, so this magic basket here, they're going to keep pulling food out. And they're just going to be like, oh, it's okay. It's fine. Everything's normal. Absolutely fine. We were going to do character commentary. Does that sound good? Who do we want to start with first? Okay. I think we should start with Nellie because she's the main character. Or do we want to start with Bernie? Or do we want to start with Terrell? Because it doesn't matter to me. But I, <laughs> I think, think we should talk about Dillia's ready for the tea. Dillia's ready to. Dillia says, mm-hmm, who we want to talk about, girl? Mm-hmm. Chronologically, I would start with Bernie just because. She shows up first. Yeah. So um, for me with Bernie, the first thing I noticed was like, obviously at her funeral, when her own friends were like, I'm glad she's dead. Basically, like none of them went to the actual funeral, like at her burial, you know, they went there. They're like, oh, my God, she's wearing this wonderful suit. No, I can't wear this suit. I have the same suit. And then she's like, hmm, no one went to my but, you know, she was able to see that and no one went there. And she planned her entire funeral out herself. Yeah. Like, you know, she planned all of that out herself. She had exactly what she wanted people to say, like, or what she wanted said about her down to a T because she wrote it herself. What music she wanted played, she did that herself. Like, literally, no one cared. And that was so sad. And then she, you know, I think for 75% of the book, I kind of, I was just like, girl, are you ever going to change? Like, is anything actually going to happen? Like, you keep doing all the, you know, you go to your fantasy world and you yeah. get to do all this stuff. And you think, and like, what got me was when she thought like, hey, I'm going to give these three wishes to burn, uh, to, uh, sorry, to Nellie. And Nellie's automatically going to wish like that she could be with Jace and that her sister was dead. And like, all this stuff's going to happen because obviously she just wants what her sister has. And instead, Nellie's like, nah. And then, you know, Bernie finally gets to that point to where she's like, I want to see what happens. I want to see what happens with Nellie. Like, what's going on over here? Like, why aren't things working out down here? So it was a good change of pace for her, even though clearly she also had some form of, like, narcissistic personality disorder when she was on oh Earth. Gosh, yeah. <clears throat> like, for sure. She had no sense of, of uh, insight. She lacks self-awareness to the nth degree. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. that math reference pretty sexy to the nth degree now, i definitely agree she i'm glad she turned the corner there i do agree with heather when she said that it was kind of like bernie was the only one that had actually kind of changed like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know yeah, she was actually more dynamic because at the end she was like okay you know and then oh god at the main end where uh, pauline's like okay no you got to do some really bad stuff she's like this was just phase one now here's the next level two yeah, and level two is like take a road trip with a dog and a kid in a car uh, <laughs> go shopping with a man <laughs> none of that sounded bad to me i was like you none know of what? it did i was like girl this is just you that. know but i think it was uh, she I was really my dog all the time <laughs> funny and petty and i like that at the end you know like once she kind of was like okay there was a point where it was that girl do you remember the girl that brought the letters to nelly and she's like, hey, my crazy grandma was getting your letters, you know, her aunt, from yeah. Jace. Or yeah, her crazy aunt. She's getting your letters from Jace. And then she's like, I'm just going to go back home. And then Nellie's like, what's going to happen if you go back home? And she's like, oh, my dad's just going to beat me a little bit, but it's going to be okay. And then or Nellie said that. And Bernie was like, this girl needs a fairy godmother of her own. 
So yeah. she wanted like. Oh, she did say that it was really sweet. Yeah. And she wanted her to kind of get. Do you remember that, Delia? Yeah. Yes. Didn't okay. she end up like, didn't Nellie end up like sort of hiring her? Yeah, she hired her to keep her there. And I Which, think that's kind of like. I mean, Nellie was, already had my heart, but she definitely stole it with that move. I was like, yes. oh, humanitarianism. Bernie was like, finest. oh, if I know Nellie, she'll take care of you. So she kind of sent her there because she's like, she'll take care of you. And I was like, oh, yeah, she will. Yeah. So, okay. That's my take on Bernie. Go ahead. I think that I liked, it talks about like Bernie going to therapist because, you know, that's, that's my profession. My chosen profession anyway. I'm not doing it yet, but I'm going to be doing it soon. Actually, I'm going to start doing my practicum in March. So anyway, mm-hmm. I know, right? So excited. But so she, Bernie says, and this is from the book. It says, Bernie only went to therapist who asked, what do you want out of life? What do you need? What are your priorities? Bernie had always found someone to help her justify her belief that what she wanted was more important than what anyone else wanted, which Mm -hmm. like, so part of being a therapist is definitely helping your client reach their goals. But there's also a point of like trying to make them self-aware enough that because people come in because they have generally are not good at relationships and not that they they're just like the connection the the intimacy that happens there's generally just it's just not good uh so they're trying to get some change out of that so they you know they come for change and so like for for bernie she's coming in she does not want to change that's not what she wants she doesn't care she's just like wants to be validated and while sometimes you do need to have some validation like with most therapy and like i like narrative therapy that's my chosen uh theory there's some activism that happens too. So like, you know, you look at the overall social narrative, the dominant narrative that happens in someone's life. So like if it's a person of color, then part of their dominant narrative is going to be the fact that they're like a person of color in, let's say, America, where, you know, there's a shit ton of racism still and so on and so forth. So for for Bernie, it's just that her overall dominant narrative is that, you know, she is the center of the universe. And so, and lookism is very present in her life. And she just thinks that in order to be valued, she must be thin and pretty. And that's just like part of therapy is not just being like, yeah, sure, you you are totally right. But it's like any therapist worth their salt is going to pay attention to the interactions between yourself and the like, I'm in the middle of reading The Gift of Therapy by Yalom right now. And so he talks a lot about the here and now, which I really like because it's like, sure, I can tell you about this interaction that happened between me and my friend. And I'm getting a skewed perception of that interaction because it's coming from you and you are biased. Mm -hmm. But like the interactions we have between each other as therapist and client, I can comment on those and I can help do some self-correction there between us by addressing what's happening here because I'm Mm -hmm. literally seeing it. Mm -hmm. So the way that Bernie acts outside of therapy is the same way she's going to act in therapy. So I don't know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where she's going or and this is the 80s so and people generally did not know it i'm not saying jude Devereaux doesn't know anything about therapy but i'm like i feel like you do some you she can find somebody who's just gonna like cater to her and just bow to whatever she says but i think that she'd probably have to switch therapists quite a bit just because they would be like they're, they're, we're not doing any work here and there's clearly no change and i think i might have to refer you to somebody who might be able to work with you better <laughs> um 
because yeah, no. Anyway, so sorry, I got, I went on my soapbox a little no, bit about that. Fine. But that's my big thing is like Bernie doesn't sound like someone I would want to be friends with. She doesn't sound like someone I would want to spend Mm-mm. time with. Just because I feel like she'd be judging me all the time. I would be like, yes, I I am gonna have a second cookie, Bernie, and you can just <laughs> sit there and shut the fuck up. I am aware that I have hips. Why don't you go somewhere and get some liposuction? Obviously, you like that better than me mm-hmm, anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Not a fan of her. She just, she at the beginning, does not make me happy. <laughs> I think that was, um, I'm trying to see if I had any other notes about Bernie. Okay, yeah. So when, this is in chapter two, when Bernie says, I know what I'm talking about. Every fat girl who ever saw me, saw me wanted to look like me. They all hated me because they were jealous, just as Nellie is jealous of that lovely Terrell. Mm. And so I, my my notes were jealous of a harpy. No, no. I'd rather be nice than pretty any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Beauty fades, but being kind lasts a lot longer. Absolutely. Yes, Nellie may be perceived as overweight, which again, I don't, I don't agree with. But anyway, she may be perceived as overweight, but she's still super, super nice. And people are going to remember kindness over beauty any day of the mm-hmm. week. Absolutely. You're going to remember the nice thing that someone did to you over like how somebody looked on the train. So absolutely. Just stuff like that sticks with you. I think that was it. That was all I had to say about Bernie. She, um, I'm glad that she made some changes because she was mm-hmm. hella unlikable at first. Oh, yeah. Oh, so very. So very. Like, I think the moment that got me with her was when she actually decided to go back and watch the entirety of like Nellie's childhood to see what had happened. And she had felt so bad afterwards that she was like, whoa, you know, I completely misjudged the situation. And I thought that Terrell was going to be like, you know, the one that really needed the help. But she's like, I've screwed this up for Nellie. She's like, I messed this up. I gave her three wishes and she's selflessly, you know, used these wishes. And she's like, look, and now she's tied down to these people. I think the only thing, though, was when she was like, okay, Nellie, do you think your family uh, should get what they deserve? And Nellie's like, I want them to be happy and get what they deserve. Yes. And I'm like, oh, girl. But I just wanted her to make them have more self-awareness at the end. I think that's the only thing is like, I wish Bernie had made a little more difference. And I know that's something that she couldn't really. She did try. um, Yeah. Bernie did try because she thought that having Terrell marry a farmer, she was going to end up working. But you have to like. Mm, She did. And then Pauline's like, but would you have worked? Would you have done all that? And then Bernie's like, nope. (laughs) No, it's just like, you know what? Just wait long enough and I'm sure you're going to meet Terrell in in the kitchen. She'll be there. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Moving into some of my notes uh, about Miss Bernie. I hated that she so immediately liked Terrell. She's like, oh, look at Nellie doing whatever. She needs to get her act together. She's so selfish. And oh, Terrell, what a lovely girl. And I was like, yeah, you relate to her because you guys are both hateful individuals <laughs> so mm-hmm, that's what goes just kind of goes along with the initial dislike for bernie i also very much love bernie using her manipulative abilities for good when in that exact scene we were just talking about with nelly and she says nelly do you want your family to get what they deserve and nelly says oh i want them to be happy she's like well they deserve good things right they're good people and she knows that Nellie won't say they're bad people. She knows it. Mm-hmm. And Nellie's like, yeah, they're good people. So you're right. They should get what they deserve. <laughs> Bernie's like, that's all I need you to say, baby girl. Ooh. So that way she can set that up. I love that. That's, that's Bernie's manipulative issues that she uses for good. So that was a pretty yeah. neat scene. At that point, she's not. I think, uh, so for me, manipulative is the connotation is negative. So I like to say if it's for a good cause or a good reason, I'm like, oh, she outcome engineered that real well. <laughs> 
exactly. Yes. Yes. She wasn't a min- she wasn't a manipulator there. She was an outcome engineer. I <laughs> love that. Engineer. And that is very, very accurate. So Delia, I would love your perspective on this. On page 156, Bernie says that she had a lot of relationships with women because she knew that other women had relationships with women. So she began having relationships with women. It was kind of a, it felt very sociopathic. Right. Like she knew that's the way that normal people would act. So she had to make herself fit that role. Yeah. She mirrored what what she saw other people doing, even though she didn't feel a need for it. And I can read the exact quote if you like. Yes, please do. That was interesting to pinpoint. I completely remember that. I bypassed it completely. Yeah, so she was, this is at, at this point, she's in the kitchen. She has been in the mm-hmm. video room where it's like VHS tapes that just rewind themselves and like put themselves in and she's eating popcorn, which is how very wonderful that in the kitchen mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're stuck in VHS times. That's just a funny fact. <laughs> <laughs> and then so it says, after many, many videos, she got out of bed and looked at her list. The next luxury she chose was friendships with women. On Earth, Bernie had never had any women friends, but she always heard and even believed that other women had solid loving, excuse me, solid loving friendships with each other. So for a long period of time, Bernie had women friends. They went shopping together, giggled together and had lunch. Her friends gave her a birthday party and they were always there to listen to her. So she created relationships with women despite not having that urge because she saw other people doing it. Is that a sociopathic thing or is that just so... I think there's a couple of things going on there, right? So she could just be like, people seem to really enjoy this. And because I am sort of a hedonist, I want to also enjoy that, that people get out of it too. Mm -hmm. So it might just be her just being like- Searching for some kind of- Envious and covetous. So she's like, people, everybody else has that. I want it too. I want it too. Mm -hmm. Or, which I think is probably more Bernie, or again, some parts of personality disorders. From what I've read, I'm not an expert in any way, shape, or form. I feel like I just need to disclaim that real quick. Um, (laughs) But from what my understanding, (laughs) from what I read in the DSM-5 and different research I have done on papers and shit, part of personality disorders is masking. So part of masking is you're trying to come off as better than you actually are. So her having a lot of friends and being nice to these friends is her masking the kind of personality disorder that she has of like, it's all about me in the end. And I am, I'm just going to act out and do whatever I want to do or whatever. So she, so I think, I think it could be a little bit of both, but I do think it's, it's more like, I think on some level, Bernie recognizes that she's missing out on something on, obviously she hasn't had any healthy relationships whatsoever, not with her sister, not with, and I think that probably has to do with her parents too. I don't know if that was mentioned at all, but like generally if you're able to build relationships with your parents, the primary relationship you ever have in your life is between you and your parents. If that's a good relationship, if there's secure attachment there, then you're able to build healthy relationships with other people for the most part. Mm-hmm. That's what theory tells us anyway. So if she's not able to have a, a decent relationship with her sister, I imagine there's some dysfunction between her and her parents, which means that any other relationship sh- she tries to have after that is just not going to be possible. Mm-hmm. But I still think that there's a yearning for that, you know, like she wouldn't keep getting unless it's a status thing, because in my head, I'm like, she wouldn't keep getting married to these men if she didn't. But I think it's all about for her, it might just be more about being admired. So I think it just really comes down to her being all all said and done after all the hemming and hawing I just did. All said and done, I do think it really just comes down to her wanting what other people have. Mm hmm. So she wants to be admired and she wants to be told that she's beautiful and she wants money. So she's going to marry a rich man who thinks she's beautiful. 
and then divorce him when he doesn't give her what she wants. You know? Now, I do um, remember actually her mentioning her dad um, because that's one reason why she did not want. Now I'm remembering this. That's one reason why she did not want uh, Nellie to learn how selfish her dad and Terrell really were and how bad of people they were because she said she remembered when her dad had told her that she was basically useless and nothing but a money grubber and just basically how terrible of a person that she was. And she didn't want her to have that like bad relationship with her father that Bernie never got, you know, um, or never the good, you know, she wanted her to kind of keep her family in good spirits because she knew what it was like for her family to not like her or for her and for her to not like her family. So she didn't, you know, I think I remember that towards the end because no, I think I remember that too. Yeah. And I was thinking like, okay, that's great. They're still bad people. I'm like, okay. And I think that that makes a lot more sense now that you say that, because like, if we look at, so like I said, I like narrative therapy and it's narrative therapy is your life is the way that it is because of the story you tell yourself and the story that other people tell about you and you incorporate that. So for Bernie, the story that her dad told her was you're useless and you're you're not worth anything so for for bernie or like you're a money grubber or whatever for bernie what she does she incorporates that to where you know for the most part other than being pretty she doesn't do a whole lot she is pretty i mean like and i hate to say that that doesn't seem very kind but what it breaks down to is like she's more useful dead than she is alive because Mm. she's able to help out you know Mm -hmm. and i think that it also is learned like her dad sounds pretty selfish too who says that to their kid a selfish asshole. Mm-hmm. So, or somebody that's also hurting too, but I, we're going to go with a selfish asshole because I feel like it. So she's, she's kind of learned some of that behavior from him and she's kind of incorporated his ideals of what she is as a person into her story too. And it just, uh, like I said, it comes back to that relationship you have with your parents is a kind of foundation that you have with the rest of the people in your life for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So excellent. Thank but, you for all that wonderful. You're welcome. So, that was one character. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I say, I think the other two people that I want to discuss, we don't have to really discuss anybody no, else unless you want okay. to, is Terrell and Nellie. I think those yeah, are no, I think those are the main about. three that absolutely just need it. Because I think we all kind of agreed that Jace was a, a good boy. And I think he was the most balanced, like Heather said. Like, he's just the most balanced human being. And I think we kind of know he, he came from a good background and he just meant good. You know, he just wanted to be a good person. But now, if you wanted to go with Nellie to start on that, of course, to delve into her, someone who's never had a compliment. It seems like, you know, besides, like I said, she's a good person and she has a pretty face. But, like, it doesn't seem like anyone has has lovingly like laid hands on her. You know, she's never been touched in a loving way before besides Terrell when she was a baby. And that's why she felt so much joy from taking care of Terrell. But I think there was a point to where when she was at the ball and she realized there was a quote and she's like, I feel so beautiful. And I know what it's like to feel like a beautiful woman looking at my reflection in a man's eyes, Mm -hmm. you know, and seeing him look at her that way. I think she's... You remember in Twilight when Stephanie Meyer's like, oh, I made Bella so that you can kind of fit yourself into her like bland. I feel like Nellie's a little bland in ways like, you know, she is smart. I'm sure witty. She makes some comments here and there, but she is very, very hard on herself. Just so hard on herself. She just repeats all these terrible things. Like when her sister's like, oh, my gosh, you behave terrible at the Harvest Ball. You know, everybody knows that Jace had his way with you. And she's like, oh, my God, did I behave terribly? And like, all she did was just show up and dance and look pretty, you know, like for the first time in her life. 
so I do agree. Like, I wish there were more times that she did learn to stick up for herself, but I realize that that's not possible. Like she's clearly the victim Mm -hmm. of a lot of emotional and mental torment, you know? And like you said, Delia, she had not been getting like society. She had not been out in society very much. She had not had the chance to build up her self-esteem. And Terrell was taking all of her invitations from her, all of her letters from her. Like this woman never gotten independence at the age of 28. She had no independence of her own. Now, granted that's pretty par for the time a little bit, in that, you know, she's not, I mean, she's not going to be separate from her father, but the fact mm-hmm. that Terrell seems to have more power and control over the household <laughs> yes. does seem very different because Nellie's basically, she's the housekeeper. So you would think that Nellie would have, but again, the only person that she had besides uh, herself was that one lazy maid. Anna. Anna. <laughs> I want to say about Anna. <laughs> God. So I think so that on some level, she, of course, you know, Terrell's going to have a little bit more control over the house because Nellie lets her, you know, and again, yeah, because she's a, you know, she's a victim of abuse for sure. Or survivor, I, I guess, of abuse. I think that's the hardest part for me was realizing how much, like how greedy that Charles was that he literally just wanted his own daughter to be a slave to him and how both of them realized like, whoa, Nellie can't have good things because if she has good things, then she'll want to leave. And if she leaves, then that means there's no one here to dust my shoes. And that means there's no one here to cook us dinner. And that means there's no one here to, to do what we need because Anna's not going to do it and we're not going to do it. And it's like, Dude. You know, this is what got me too is like Charles knew that I, I get a little pissed and at the same time it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it's like sure you have this lazy maid but if you hired somebody that was actually going to do the work and fired Anna then you would be spending the same amount of money for somebody who's actually <laughs> yeah, it's better. So you're really <laughs> yeah. just being selfish at that point. You're Absolutely. literally just being selfish because it's not about money at that point. You're just an ass. That's what it is. Right. <laughs> 110 percent he was terrible um i just kept thinking through the whole book i'm like he needs to get laid like this man is horrible god give him a hobby yeah like (laughs) let him use his dick okay (laughs) i think they even mentioned like you know nelly kind of like she was very pretty thinner when she was younger Mm -hmm. when it was like actually time for her to get out in society and still he was like no we need someone at home here you've got to take care of your sister like somebody has to watch your sister and it can't be me so it must be you you know and that's just it breaks my heart that that was her life and i'm so glad that jace came in and he's like hey i love you like you're pretty you're very pretty. Like everybody's blind. I don't get it. Like he would lift her up and she's like, man, I'm not that heavy, you know? And like when he lifted her on the wall and she's like, yeah. whoa, he lifted me like, like nothing. You must be super strong. And he's like, no, you're just not heavy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, sorry, you know, normal way to girl. But just uh, aspects like that, like, uh, and I get it back in the day. It's like you wanted your your waist to be as tiny as possible kind of thing. Like I think oh gosh, like. To the point where there was actual Photoshop back in the yes. day. Like they would black in. <laughs> The sides of their waist. <laughs> Do you remember? I think it was in Gone with the Wind where her like waist had to be a certain, was it like 19 inches, 20 inch? I don't remember, but she was very like obsessed with her waist being incredibly tiny. Yeah. And, and I get that, but I mean, I don't really get it, but I understand that like, but it's not even really though that Nellie's like, man, I just want to be beautiful and I want to be thin. She's not wishing any of that stuff though. No. You know, she just. I think if anything, she wishes, and of course we know what her actual wishes are because she got wishes and she wished them. Right. <laughs> which was for family. But I think as far as like her own self growth, I think what she 
ultimately was just like, can I stop eating this much? Can I stop binging? Right. Because she, she seemed like really frustrated every time she did, but she couldn't stop herself. Oh, yes. And the fact, oh my gosh, like how embarrassing was it at the beginning when she did <gasps> eat the jelly roll? And then oh. Terrell's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's just my fat sister. She eats everything. And then I could have punched Terrell in the I face. Know. I was like, you, that is your family. I don't understand. Like, again, we know that family is not always, you know, functional or, you know, healthy for us. But like, I feel like, gosh, even the most dysfunctional family is still like, that's family. And you, I'm the only one allowed to talk about family like that. But she was almost encouraging Jace to be like, God, you're so fat. Why would you eat the cake? Why right? would you eat dessert? Like, or you don't air your dirty laundry. Yeah. You know how uncouth that makes you look? Right, exactly. That makes you look so uncivilized. Like, you want to catch this man, but you're like, oh, my sister, she's fat and she ate the dessert. No, any normal person would be embarrassed with them. They would not right. be like, there'd be, but again. I'm sorry. I, like, you know, you had a relapse. You had a moment, like, obvious, you know, and I feel like we're just genuinely good people. Um, but like, you know, I come from a family that definitely is like, it's okay to be plump. Like we want to fatten you up. Like you eat because I mean, you know, You're we too want thin, you to honey, eat. Have some more. Yeah. Like with Adam, I started dating him and they're like, he's too tiny. <laughs> he needs fat. But you know, yeah. with Nellie and her family, it's just like, gosh, she just eats. It's all she does is eat. And we're so embarrassed because she eats and she raises my grocery bill. And I don't even want to think about that. And it's like, but okay, but it's okay for Terrell to go out and get all of these dresses, but you won't say anything about that. But like, Nellie's trying to keep you fed and keep your house clean and do all of this stuff. But my gosh, she can't have like an extra cookie or two or a dozen, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think a big move of the book definitely goes to Charles when he knows Terrell is being dramatic and saying things that's not true. So if I recall, they, Jace and Nellie were out and about and the whole town saw them and Terrell goes back to the dad when she hears about it. And says, oh, she's going to make you look bad. And she's going to make us look bad. And she's going to make your business look bad. And he's like, in his head, he says, I know that she's just trying to manipulate. And if someone was going to make my business look bad, it's Terrell. However, I don't want Nellie mm-hmm. to leave us. So I'm going to join in and pretend that I'm yes. falling for this manipulation. That made me more mad than most of the things in the book. Absolutely. I do re- like vividly remember that because he's like, whoa, if anybody, you know, if anybody would have made my business look bad, it would have already been Terrell. I mean, listen, she got kicked out of the last harvest ball. I was going to say they didn't invite her ass because she incited a fist fight. <laughs> Like goodness, she's a ter- genuinely terrible person. Um, but anyway, I know we're not talking about Terrell right now. But yes, I agree. Like he just realized, like, whoa, my shoes are not dusted or cleaned or shined or whatever. And then he's like, "This is nonsense. Where is she? Get her back here now." So Carol could do anything, and it was fine because he was just used to that behavior. But when Nellie tried to do something for herself, it became a problem because it interfered with his comfort. We'll say. Like there, I think there was a point where Nellie just kept um, quiet, like she, at the towards the end, of course, because she was very upset over Jace leaving. Uh, but she just kept quiet at dinner, and she would cook, and she was quiet, and they would just insult her basically, and she was just really quiet, like she had nothing to say, and she's just like, okay, like whatever, you know. And they're just like, huh, 
what's wrong with her? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what could it be? <laughs> what could be wrong with her? But I think it's a really good commentary on the way that abuse works, right? Mm-hmm. So like, yes, she probably could have left. I mean, granted, she was forced to stay there because of the wishes, but say the wishes weren't even an option. She still wouldn't have because that's the way that the abused mind works is like, I as part of it is like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. But at the same time, it's just like, this is all I'm worth. And you know, I have to sit around for this. Like, the whole reason why, and we talked about how this is a Cinderella trope, but again, like Cinderella didn't leave her stepmother or stepsisters probably because of like lack of funding because that's part of abuse too is isolation. But the other part of it is that she just, she couldn't, she could not leave because it, it's, it's scary. It's hard to do. And it's just, it seems it's insurmountable, you know, which I thought, again, I thought was really well done. You know, mm-hmm. the emotional abuse being subtle, sure, but it, uh, but also like the sort of backlash of abuse as well mm-hmm. yeah. on the survivor. Absolutely. Also, did one of you share the meme where it's like, contest that will? Cont- where did I see that somewhere? And it's like, why didn't Cinderella just contest that will? And she's like, whoa, no. Hey, <laughs> my dad left this for me. <laughs> Look at this. Oh, I get it, though. I get it. Like, there's more to it. But it was really funny. I just saw that. I thought one of you had shared it. But it's like, why didn't you? <laughs> and they just contest it. Oh, anyway. my gosh. Right? Uh, well, hilarious. <laughs> like from a Cinderella story? When she finds <laughs> a storybook? Yes. Where she's like, hey. Like, actually, I'm towing your cars to pay for college. And I was like, yes. I think I'm going to go watch that after we're done. I'm going to watch all of it anyway. It was on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to watch it. But anything else you guys want to say about Nellie in particular? I did want to point out that like, okay, so I've got this one thing highlighted and I just thought I needed to share. It says, Nellie suddenly felt very hungry. She didn't know why Terrell's words of love should make her feel hungry, but quite often they did. It didn't make sense to her, but it seemed that love and food were mixed up together. Terrell told her she loved her and Nellie felt hungry. And my commentary on that is that her sister's love makes her feel empty. And so to fill that space, she substitutes food, which Mm -hmm. is what happens with a lot of addictions like sex addiction or sex Mm -hmm. addiction or any addiction. It's that there's an empty space. You have to fill it or, you know, there's mental health stuff going on, like depression or anxiety and you're trying to numb it. But again, it's just, that's why. And I thought that was very, very well put is like, she tells me she loves me, but it's an empty, it's, it's conditional and it's not true. Her sister does not love her. She does not know how to love her. Mm-hmm. All she knows how to do is love herself. And even then, mm-hmm. I still think she doesn't like herself because she recognizes that Nellie has a prettier face and that makes her even more mad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was that was all I had to say about Nellie, though. I mean, I feel like we – Heather didn't get a whole lot to say. So, Heather, did you have something else you wanted to um, add? I don't know that I had anything in particular. Uh, I just, I enjoyed Nellie's character in general. I think we already talked about the dad. The dad's treatment of Nellie is, and I will say that I think when you have someone, the abuse that she received in particular, you want to talk about the narrative, you know, she was told the narrative that she was an old maid. She was given the narrative that she needed to stay and help them. And she was selfish if she didn't. The gaslighting will make you feel yeah. inferior. The gaslighting will make you feel selfish. And so Terrell saying, you're so selfish, makes that's that's the story she's being told. And so she believes it. Talk about an inferiority mm-hmm. complex. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, you're right, actually. When she, I had that highlighted too, where it's, Terrell's like, me? Me? 
but I have to change and do my hair. No, Nellie, you're the elder. You are our father's hostess. You go talk to the man. Let me change. And when I'm dressed, you can change. That's the only way it can be. Besides, what would I have to, t- to say to the old coot? You're so much better with old people than I am. You can have him hold your yarn or something. Father says he's a widower, so maybe you can talk to him about putting up jams or something. This is the way it has to be, Nellie. And I think you'll agree with me if you look at it unselfishly. Like, mm-hmm. no. If anybody's being selfish here, it's her. Especially because she sends Nellie down to do that. And then she's like, oh, I have time to sit here and read this read romance novel. I was like, this fucking bitch. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have gone through periods where I'm like, should I do the laundry or do I want to finish this book? And no, the laundry doesn't get done that day. But nobody fucking suffers because of it. Yeah, it's not like just me and my husband. Go down and do the laundry while I sit back. Yeah, yeah. No, No, absolutely. Um, I thought it it was really funny. And then later she tries to turn it around. She's like, so like Nellie to take that opportunity to go talk to Jace. It could have been me down there. And it's like, girl, you You sent her. her. Yes. That's on you. Like you're, she literally. If you guys want to go ahead and step yeah, into the Terrell territory, Ooh, here. the Terrell territory, the Terrell territory, love it. Um, <laughs> if you want to step into that, I definitely think. I know we talked about her. Clearly, also narcissistic personality disorder. Am I right? Like clearly, I don't know if it's narcissistic per se. I just I, we do oh, know it falls into like personality for sure. Yeah, and I definitely feel like she's got a little bit of like socio sociopathy with her like something with her because she literally cares about no one but herself like i don't see her care about genuinely about anything like emotionally other than the fact that she's enraged that nothing's about her like if it's about anybody else she gets upset um you know she even has she's really good at masking which some so sociopathy that falls into it for sure but i think that the reason why i fall more to personality disorders is because a lot of times those are not antisocial personality per se, because that is that's where the psychopathy and sociopathy falls. I think now with the DSM five, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. I'd, gosh, I should probably review that. But uh, I was more focused on anxiety and depression. Sorry. <laughs> no, me too, girl. Every During day. my read, oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think I I say that because generally personality disorders have their, or at least borderline personality disorder, has its roots in trauma. So like, it's not, and if you look at it that way, this is why I, I hate Terrell. And lots of times I kind of feel bad for her. And I know that you're like, what trauma did Terrell have? Her mother died very suddenly, very young. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I'm not, not to victim blame with Nellie by any means whatsoever, but I do think that because Nellie had lost her mother, she wanted to try and make up for that loss with Terrell which mm. seems like, and I can, we're, I'm making some assumptions here, but I think she coddled Terrell quite a bit to fill her own loss of her mother. Mm-hmm. And in that she sort of helped to create, and again, some of the stuff is just response to the trauma for Terrell, but she, she had a hand in creating this like selfish bitch. So, right. She like spoiled her, gave her anything she wanted. And I think Nellie at one point had reminisced on that. She's like, she was the only thing I had to love. She was my baby. She was my child. Yeah. She's like, you know, of course, that's why she would always go back. Like, of course, I believe you, you know, you're my, you're my child, basically. I, I know it sounds like victim blaming. I'm really not trying to. I do think though that like, and I don't think she, Nellie did it on purpose. And, you know, no. I don't think in any, any case, she did not deserve whatever the fuck happened thereafter. But I do think, like I said, that's why I say personality disorder because of the, I think there's roots in trauma for Terrell. 
Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. And it's, I don't know. And obviously the dad has to play a part because if you have someone so loving as Nellie, as your sister raising you, like there has to be something that's counteracting that that's, you know, causing you to go in a different direction. I think it's the neglect. Oh, I think her dad is neglectful. Completely. That's what it comes down to. Completely neglectful. The fact that the fact that Bernie was able to get Terrell out of the house finally just by having sales in Colorado in the stores, like just says a lot about something. The fact that, you know, Terrell was just ready to get down and dirty and fight people over dresses. Like she just, you know, it's, it's so, it kills me because here's a serious situation where this man really loves this woman. This woman's not had any love in her life. Like her sister can genuinely be happy. She's upset that that's not her, you know, the attention's not on her, but then she can so easily just be like, I'm going to head to Colorado to go, uh, and I know it's Bernie's doing, but like all the stores had sales, but she can like flip her switch and it's like, well, uh, this is more important right now. I need to go buy some clothes. This is more important right now than the life I'm ruining for the moment. My God, and then I'll right? come back and do that later. Clearly, she's just terrible. I mean, terrible, terrible. That's yeah. It. That's her name. She's terrible. I like that. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. For sure. Yeah, I think she's and, I mean, we'll see all next Tuesday if you catch my drift. No. <laughs> no, what happened? Are you talking about this? No. No, what's going on with Tuesday? I don't know what's going on Tuesday. I need to know now. I'm just gonna oh, roll this out there okay. in the chat. <laughs> okay, okay. I see. Uh-huh. I see. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I so if I saw Carol oh, I'd okay. say see you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> like the letter C, the letter U. Next Tuesday. Yeah. Yep, you're there. <laughs> okay. You're there. A nugget at the end. Nugget. Um, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> trying to uh, cater to a, an audience that doesn't allow the C word to be said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but another thing, um, just quickly wanted to point that out. The fact, I know we talked about how Jace just completely disliked her immediately from the beginning oh, at dinner. Yeah. He just looked at her and she's That's like, awesome. I've never had a man look at me like that before. And then she's like, it was really frightening. <laughs> Because he just hated her. He was like, what is this bitch Oh, my gosh. That part where he goes, hold on. It cracked me up because I finished his sentence for him, even if he didn't mean to. But where he goes, he goes, what that young lady needs is dot, dot, dot. And I responded with a good horse whipping because that Mm -hmm. seems correct (laughs) to me. She needs that ass busted. Like, for sure. He has to catch himself. Oh, gosh. And I yeah. feel bad because I know it's Nellie's family and like, you know, you want to stick up for your family. But at the same time, like he's so right in saying all these terrible things because they're no, awful. They were awful people. Awful people. I do and, not feel uh, bad for them at all. And how clueless Thank- is Nellie where he's like, uh, yeah, I have a lot of money. I don't need your dad's business. Like uh-huh. I can buy your dad's business with my pocket change. The whole reason I stayed and worked was because I wanted to be close to you. And then like, Nellie's actions, like, why are you rich? Nellie, actions. <laughs> and like, she didn't know any of that. She's like, I didn't know you were rich. She's like, I didn't know any of this stuff. She's right, like, I'm right, just, yeah. and I'm like, girl, do you not listen to anything, anybody? No, ever? she's so focused on, because all of her attention is on Terrell and her dad, because that's who focuses, like, they're like, oh, we need all of your attention. She's like, okay, I guess I'll give it to you. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, and like, we're introduced with Terrell in a terrible situation, of course, where she makes her sister go down, like you guys had mentioned already. 
already be the hostess where Terrell gets to stay inside. She gets to read, do it. And she ends up not even changing her dress or anything. Oh, I know. She realizes Oof. Nellie's right. She's like, oh, Nellie's right. What I have on is good enough. And then, you know, and she goes from there, even like so manipulative to the point to where she hires people to do her bidding, taking oh, those notes and <sighs> the blackmail where she's like, oh, your dad's sick. Like, I could not believe that. I was like, girl, I would have came back and bashed your head in. Like, if you had done that to me, that is ridiculous. Like trying to just blackmail, not blackmail, but like. Uh, manipulate Jace into leaving thinking that his own father was sick which I think it worked out for the best for Jace that he was away because he was able to put everything in order so he could come back and immediately marry Nellie mm-hmm. but I mean I, yeah no God. she made me like you know how you can get angry and then there's times you can get like physiologically angry where visceral you're like my response. blood pressure is through the roof yes. visceral mm-hmm. response like I was mm-hmm. so physically angry I could I was like you know what it's 3 a.m. I need to go to sleep but my I'm so like hyped you up can't. right now yes I needed to take a walk but I couldn't I was like this is just <laughs> That was the point. Yes. Oh, I was so mad. That was when Adam was like, you're really angry right now. And that's when I was (laughs) like, there's conflict there and there's conflict here and I'm feeling it. Like you feel it. And I, I couldn't sleep until I got past that conflict, you know? Like, I literally had to put off that point once I got there because I'm like, if I read this right now, I'm going to be so upset. Like I cannot handle her completely ruining this woman's life like this. But yeah, just absolutely terrible person. One of the worst, I'd say, antagonists that I've, you know, normally I feel like antagonists have, you can have those like. She's antagon- the worst non-antagonist like, yes. that's not violent. Yes, absolutely. Because there's like those people where you're like, oh my God, you are terrible. You just like beat so-and-so to death or like, you know what I mean? Like if, if you're reading a different kind of book where you're like. I can't believe you shot that person point blank and they're your brother. You know what I mean? Right. So, oh, like, Baltimore mm-hmm. killing everyone with the Avada Kedavra. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, very violent right. in his, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then there are like the bad guys that you're like, okay, you make a good bad guy. Well, Terrell just makes yeah. a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> she's <laughs> not, she's not someone that I'm like, man, I love to hate. She's not a, I, just I was going to say, she's you. not someone you love to hate. You just hate her. <laughs> yeah. You just completely hate her. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Heather. Oh yeah, I, I added my shit with Sarah's. I just I didn't have anything else. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else. She's the gaping asshole of the book. Yeah, I think we bashed her throughout this entire thing to the yeah, point where we're finally on her. We're like, uh. <laughs> anything else to say about her? She's just awful. Yeah, no um, redeeming qualities okay. in the least. None whatsoever. Uh, but as far as social commentary goes about this novel, I think we've gone into lookism and weight and society pretty well throughout. I do want to mention that one thing I didn't like, but I know it's part of the book, is that it took a man noticing Nellie for her to be like, oh, I have value. Like, and again, Mm. it's part of the time. That's what society is telling her is that she has no value other than her beauty, which she doesn't have is what society is telling her. And so it took a man coming in and being like, you're pretty and you have value. Like, I get that. But at the same time, like the Judy, my feminist alter ego, is very pissed. She's like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? She also felt that way about the kitchen. So it wasn't just Nellie. Oh, girl. I think there was a point, And this is back, obviously, to the weight issue and the lookism and everything. But yeah. um, there was a point to where Nellie was getting too too thin for her clothes. And her dad's like, oh, my God, you're embarrassing me. Please go get a new dress. And then she gets there. And then they're like calling people in. They're like, hey, you have to come look at this. And then that person calls someone. They're like, 
hey, you have to come look at this. And it's the fact that it's like no one can believe that this girl is like lost weight. Yeah. <laughs> with her magical tapeworm. Like no one, no one can believe like, oh, this is fat old Nellie and here she is. Normal, I guess, average size for what they think. They're like, oh my God, she's really pretty now. Look at her. And it's like, guys, come on. You know, like that does not, I did not like that aspect because I didn't want it to be. Like, I liked her at the ball because she was able, she was herself. Mm -hmm. She was able to fix herself up. She looked herself. She went there as herself. Um, But with this, it was like, she was so depressed. She lost all that weight because of Bernie's wish, you know, or Bernie's doing. And then everybody's just like, hey, you have to come look at this. Like, she's some big spectacle. Like, hey, you won't believe what just happened. Uh, Come here. (laughs) It's horrible. But yeah, you guys want to talk about the kitchen? Real quick, I had one other thing about uh, the weight thing. And I said, Miss Devereaux does a fantastic job. I don't know if she's a Mrs. or a Miss. I could just be mistitling her. Um, I'm sorry. So Jude Devereaux (laughs) does a fantastic job painting Nellie as lonely, which makes sense because we tend to isolate or remove ourselves from the parts of the world society tells us to avoid. Like, don't hang out with that fat girl. You might catch her condition. So like she's, I mentioned before Mm. that she isn't really able to go out into society, but I also think society does society avoids her as well for the same reason. Mm-hmm. So that, that thing, but absolutely the kitchen. Did you do research on the kitchen, Miss Heather? So I try to do any type of research on that. I searched different things like purgatory versus limbo versus whatever. Yeah. And I didn't find a whole lot of specific information on it. No worries then. So the kitchen, and I feel like we kind of sort of talked about this in the beginning when we talk about how, you know, women are, in the kitchen or, you know, I felt like that's not true for society now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could kind of understand why it was like that, you know, back in the day. But like initial, my initial reaction was fuck that noise. I do right. not like that at all. Right. I, like uh, the min- minute I realized it was just women who were allowed in the kitchen. I'm like, oh, God, what, what? Uh, I literally, I made a comment and I just said, wow, like, <laughs> wow, no. This is yeah. not what I want to hear. Like, you're not going to find me there. I think I'd rather just go to hell than to be stuck somewhere where they're like, Sarah's in the kitchen. Yeah. No. Fuck that noise. I said it for a reason. It's perfect. But I feel like we pretty much like, I just, I just, again, I don't think it's appropriate for this era that we live in currently, but I do think it's still, and again, I don't, okay. It's not accurate or appropriate for me. I do think that there are parts of the world, in fact, like, rephrase we know there are parts of the world not america that this is true that women stay in the kitchen and that's where they go and there's parts of i still think that uh, there's parts of it now where that's just the expectation you know like i i got married and you know my family's from detroit and i remember them not my not my aunt but one of my one of my siblings asked and he might have just been joking but he was like oh so are you gonna quit your job now so you can stay home and i was like first of all no. Why, why, why would I go to – I'm like two years out of gr- undergrad. I did not spend four years in school just for me to be like, sure, now I'm going to sit around on my ass and like mop the floor. No, I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. Now, mm-hmm. Not that there's anything against that. If that's what you want to do, that's what, whole, that's what feminism is about is like you get the right to do what you want to do. If you want to stay at home and be in the kitchen or clean the house or be a house mom, that's totally up to you. It is not my narrative for me personally. So I was kind of like, again, and they're from Detroit. Like that's the, not, and, and that's an urban area. So you would think that's not the case, but there is some conservative shit that happens there, right? So yeah, that's why I think I was just, my my reaction to the kitchen was 
not as visceral as my hatred for Terrell, but <laughs> it was pretty up there. It was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me build my soapbox and get up on it. <laughs> so there's like a really good quote that I would like to read about the kitchen. So there's two that go together. So the first is the kitchen is a, I believe in your time, you would call it a halfway house. It's between heaven and hell. It's for women only, not for bad women, not for good women. It's for women who don't quite deserve heaven or hell. Right. And then she goes on. She said, it's a place for women who Pauline thought a moment, for example, it's for all those religious women who spout Bible verses and consider themselves better than everyone else. They haven't been really bad, so to speak. So they can't be sent uh, to hell yet. They've been so judgmental. They can't really be sent directly to heaven. And I thought that was great commentary. Didn't because she like, mentioned the Puritans at that? She was yes. like, yeah, we have a lot of Puritans. Puritans. <laughs> <laughs> but it says it's called the kitchen because it's like women's life on earth when you die you think you're going to heaven just as you think when you get married that you're going to have heaven on earth instead in both cases you get sent to the kitchen and i was like oh god i highlighted that too which is what that's what won me over a little bit from like oh it's called the kitchen for that that's bullshit and then that was the comment and i was like okay i'm less like my soapbox is, I'm not on it anymore, but like it's still waiting right. for me to step on it. Because if it's a sense of like social commentary of like, I don't know, if it's a critic, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I don't, I mind it. it a criticism um, but, for marriage or the way that society yes. views women. Absolutely. Like, I, I definitely don't like the idea that it is the kitchen. But if it's like a, a critical, like they're calling it that for a reason, of course, you know, like, I don't like the idea that it's just women who end up there, of course, okay. you know, especially because it's like, what about what about all these men, the ships of men that went down that Pauline's like, hey, we got to go check them out. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. That was all I had to say about the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I think it was neat, though, that like time kind of stood still. You know, like she can look it back and forth at any point of time in history. And essentially, you can stay in this great place forever. Mm-hmm. You just don't even have to. She's like, yeah, some people just don't do their jobs. <laughs> they, they just, just stay here. To. They oh, just want to okay. sit in the 60s room and continue getting high like Bernie did. I know, right? <laughs> okay. I like she gets the life. So what about casting? Should we talk about that? Yes, we should. Okay, who wants to go first? Oh, you got to start. Okay. So... For Bernie, that's who I have first on my list, unless you guys want to pick somebody else. That's perfect. I cast Meryl Streep as Bernie. I think that <gasps> I was so close to doing that. So close. I was just like, Bernie is Meryl Streep from Death Becomes Her. Oh. That's who she is. Oh, what a great move. That's so yeah. good. I chose I, for Bernie. It was it was between two, is like Charlie's Theron. Um, or it was Halle Berry because I was like, okay, Halle Berry looks beautiful. I feel like she doesn't age. I'm like, here you go. Like, I can just see her being a sassy girl who's like in heaven or in the kitchen. It's just like, mm, you know. I'm with that. I can see that a little bit. Yeah, but I also, like, I almost chose Meryl Streep, and then I'm like, Sarah, calm yourself down. Because I almost went, like, super very um, cliche with all of these. Not that Meryl Streep was cliche, but I mean, like, it was... No, it's good. I was like, his, I was like, no, this is tef- definitely Meryl. I don't even care. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's just for sure. Yes. Um, so I chose an all black cast. That was a purposeful decision, mm-hmm. especially when I read the thing about the civil rights movement being right afterward and, and going into the year that this book took place. I was like, all right, I'm into it. So we're going to do an all black cast to kind of pull a little bit away from, I mean, I, the book is clearly a very white setting. White centric. But, but again, um, if, so my Bernie was, I did a mix. You have a mixed cast? Well, and I probably wouldn't have just because I'm like, historically, because I sometimes my 
my white, my misogyny that's built in and, you know, the patriarchal society and the white narrative is, it's strong in me. I, I have to work on, you know, making sure that I pay attention to it and trying to avoid it. But Bridgerton cast a mixed cast and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's, I, I'm so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So you, who'd you cast for, for Bernie? So I did uh, Taraji P. Henson. Uh, she plays in Hidden ooh. Figures and What Men Want. She's the main character <laughs> in What Men Want. And she is, ooh, yeah, she is so like good in that movie. movie. I love her in Hidden Figures, so she's got a lot of range. And I think she could definitely, like, be a, a snobby. Uh-huh. Like, she could portray a snobby bitch, like, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, I mean, have you seen her in uh, I Can Do Bad All By Myself? No. Oh, I love that. Okay, that's a Tyler Perry thing. And she is quite, oh, God. Heather, you we need, need to, to stop it. right now. You need to go watch that. Okay, we'll come <laughs> we will back when you're done. <laughs> shortly. Um, I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> Pause. No, but you should. It's so good. Okay. I like their. I like those picks. You guys did good. Okay. Oh, Meryl Streep about... might be my favorite, though. If we're going to pick faves. She, Sorry, she, I, I thought she, she was the perfect. <laughs> and then, and I probably, if I hadn't seen her in Death Becomes Her, I probably would have picked somebody else. But I was like, she, that's, that Bernie is whatever the main Meryl. character's name in that movie. <laughs> Sarah, did you do Pauline or no? I did. Okay, cool. I have Debbie Allen. Do you guys know who Debbie Allen is? Oh, I believe She's in Grey's Anatomy. Here, there's a picture of her. Show me a picture. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. She's in Grey's Anatomy. She plays the girlfriend. Oh, she's last name Avery. She's Jackson's mom, and she's uh, she dates the chief at one point. So, mm-hmm. Ooh, okay, she looks cool. But I thought she looked like polished enough to be like sassy enough, and but not as wrapped up in herself as Bernie. Right. I'm. I went more quirky and okay. did Anna Kendrick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like it. Okay. I, I was just thinking. I I'm like, if I went to the kitchen, like I would want Anna Kendrick there to kind of, you know, and I can just imagine her being like, mm, but Bernie's just a fatty, right? Who cares about a fatty? Hmm? You know, but then I can see her like being snarky, but then at the same time coming back and being like, Hey, a shit full of men just went down. Uh, we gotta yeah. get to them quick. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. that's what I was thinking. I was like, Anna Kendrick. So my choice is really random, and I don't know why I felt it was so correct, but I went for Mary Day, Mary J. Blige. <laughs> oh, I can see. Oh my god, I love that. I'm with that. You okay, know? I okay. feel like she's the right age. She's the right attitude. Yeah. There's just something about it. Also, uh, Cody and I love Mary J. Blige. We used to listen to her back when I was in high school all the time. So I have this very special place for her in my heart, and I want her in this film. She's, oh, she's an I best. can do bad all by myself too, and she's she she a mentor. No, she Heather, is not. You just chose the entire the entire yeah, cast. Actually, actually just the whole cast. If I can do bad by myself, and I did not even know that movie existed. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Oh, I'm so tickled. So Terrell, I have Caitlin Dever. Have you guys seen Booksmart? Yes. <gasps> Yes. Okay, so the uh, the one that's deciding to take a year off and go to Africa. Her. Not the gay one. No, the gay one. Yeah, the gay one. Yeah, okay, yeah. I picked her one. for sure. Mostly because I'm like, she's thin and she's pretty, but the person I picked as like, and this is the white cast, the Hispanic person I picked is Diane Guerra. Mostly, again, because I thought I picked girls who were thin, but their faces weren't as pretty as the, in my opinion, as the Nelly I picked because that was, that's the big... Thing. Okay, and this is Diane Guerrero. You guys will know her. She's in, uh, she's the one that has the eyeliner in Orange is the New Black. Mm, pretty. Yeah. I like that. I can see her being very bitchy. Yes. Right? Those are my two, those are my two tarils. 
So I chose Jenna Malone, who played in Pride and Prejudice as Lydia, because the oh, whole time, yes, that I read this, I just pictured her in my head. Yes. And I thought, because they talked about her having those sharp features. And I'm like, that is such a Lydia. Like, I feel like Lydia was so wrapped up in herself. So I looked her up and I think she's, you know, very thin. She's pretty, but at the same time, she played a very good, like, annoying kind of like character in Pride and Prejudice. Oh, God, she did. She was in uh, The Hunger Games, too. She, oh my gosh. Yeah, she was. She was. She was one of the, yeah. She, she was, was in the, Stepmom as well. She was in the last one with, shit, she was the, oh, she yeah. had like the faux hawk situation. Wasn't that her? I do believe. I need to rewatch this. No, movies. she's the mm-hmm. one, the one that has the shaved head with the vines plays in Game of Thrones. Yes. No, no, that's not who I'm talking about. But she does no. play in Hunger Games. She is. That's Natalie Dorner. Mm-hmm. But yep. she's in the it. You know who Love is yeah, Strange, yeah. right? And she's like, love is weird because Fennec likes Annie. Yeah. Yes. I can't put it all together. I'm so sorry. Um, But you know, also, I also chose just because I wanted her to see her kind of play like a bitchy like character was like Emma Watson. Like, I feel like she could do a good kind of like snubby, snarky. She could. Like, no, because I would want to see. You're not saying that. You couldn't see her. (laughs) Have you seen her in This is the End? Yes. The like apocalypse. Yes. 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 Yes, She cracks me up in that. (laughs) Emma Watson just stole my, I don't remember, or Hermione (laughs) just stole my, I don't remember what she stole, but it's like Hermione just stole my whatever it was. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to have to rewatch that movie. That movie has some twists in her. I'm into it. That has some wild stuff in that movie. For sure. Oh, goodness. Did you pick Heather from yes. the, you know? So I did Yara Shahidi. She is in Blackish and she's the lead role in The Sun is also a star. She is super pretty. Her face is a little sharper. I will show a Can picture. you show me a picture? Okay. 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 I, don't, I, haven't, I don't know who that is, but so yes, I, I agree pretty. with your pick. Yeah, Jacqueline loves her. So that's why yeah. she was like, oh my gosh, she would be the perfect Terrell. Because I literally described almost page for page this book to Jacqueline when we were reading. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> By the way, listeners, all of these pictures that we're showing each other are going to be on the Instagram. (laughs) You can see see that, guys. (laughs) Idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, we're getting down. We didn't forget about you. We didn't forget about you. I won't step at a time. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Who's next? Is that our Nelly? Nelly. Okay. Go ahead, Dilly. You go first. No, you go. There you go. Okay, okay. So I have literally three people on here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the first one is Melanie Linsky, and she played in Ever After as the one of the stepsisters. And oh I my just, god, you're right. She's perfect. I love her. And anytime I kept thinking of Nellie, I pictured that girl because I feel like she's got like the cute round face, but she's still pretty. But she I could see so her. Pretty. You know, okay. I, I love her. Um, so there's her, there's, of course, I thought, well, like Amelia Clark, but you know, oh, I don't yeah. know. That was just like, if I you want to go she's... more, that was more like, I don't know. I don't feel like she could do, I, I, just, think, I she... think she has a very pretty face. 
She you know totally could. I don't think her body type is the right one. I think she's quite and warm. Then, I think she could be a very warm right. character. She is. Yes, oh my like gosh. the very loving, like when I saw her in um, Me, Before, Me you. Before You, that very loving that. attitude. And I was like, that is such a Nelly persona. Yes, I but concur. then um, Kat Dennings, just because I fucking love Kat I Dennings. Love Kat like, Dennings she's great. So I think I considered Kat Dennings oh, as well before oh. I decided to go all black cast. Because she's curvy and funny and yes. sarcastic. And I get that that's, you know, uh, probably my first pick was the more Nellie-esque. But there's just something about Kat Dennings. Like, I've been watching WandaVision. And I'm like, girl, I love you. I do love her. She's fantastic. She's I forgot I was going first. And then it was Sarah. Well, we'll mix it up. No, that's okay. Yeah. Little <laughs> surprise for Mary the Lane. listeners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mary Lane Haskell. Show me a picture. What's okay, she so she's in Christmas on the Square. <laughs> okay. And the guy who I picked to play Jace is her husband in Christmas on the Square because they fit so perfectly. <laughs> but this is – oh, shit. I can't – I want to make sure you can yeah, – She's it. very white. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Story of my life. Oh, yeah. She's pretty. I'm like, really I could pretty. see that. I could see that. You know, she's like got curbs, but she's very pretty. Yes, and the other one is Sarah Ramirez, which if you watch Grey's Anatomy, is also known as Calliope, Callie. Oh, I hate about also Callie. gay into it. Yes, she is. With her hair Aww, long. Heather, this her is hair. all up your alley. <laughs> I'm just like Not saying. with her hair short the way that it is right now. Oh, I feel that. I feel that. Oh, it's just very pretty. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I think everyone's so pretty. <sighs> they are. Gosh, but I thought they beautiful. both fit really well. So I chose Danielle Brooks, uh, most commonly known as uh, she plays in Orange is the News Black as Tasty. Show me a picture of Tasty. I will. I, will. I love um, Tasty. She also plays in Broadway yes. uh, the, colors pur- the Color of Purple, but I will pull her I up. I love The Color of Purple. Color of Purple? The Color of Purple? The Color I love that one. Yeah. I love the, purple, right? the book is so wonderful. Highly recommend that. 10 out of 10. Would read again. This is a really good. <gasps> oh! I like it. Yeah, she's good. super, super pretty. I think she can play a warmer character. She's a good time. Well, she kind of does as tasty. Yeah. With her relationship with Nellie is tasty. Who's saying? Nellie is tasty. <sighs> she is. Who's <laughs> next on my list? I put Jace is my next one. Oh, God, guys. So with Jace, Jocelyn Montgomery, okay? Ooh, Jocelyn. Ooh, Jocelyn. Jocelyn. So I picked two, and I couldn't help it. Like, I literally tried, guys. I could not get these two out of my mind. One, And I picked two, too. Okay, good. So the first one, just because, is Jamie Dornan. Just because, like, with his beard and, like, his eyes, I just love him. Like, I just, you know, I know that name, him. and I gasped like I knew uh, exactly. Jimmy Shades of Grey. That's hey. right. Okay, I knew that. He's a Shades of Grey, dude. You know, well, okay, so he's also, oh, God, he's the hunter on Once Upon a Time, too. Oh, my God, yes. I love, love Once Upon a Time. Okay. Me, too. It's a solid um, So there's him, and then there was Matt Bomer, um, which is, I don't know if you guys have he's watched. He's also gay. Yes, he's <laughs> gay. And I love because listen, you know, I've watched season three of The Center, and <gasps> he did a wonderful job. Yes, I started episode one. Well, it's like just like his beard and those beautiful eyes he has. And I just thought of Jace, like, you know, having his mesmerizing like eyes. A strong I'm strong like, jaw. I'm feeling yes. that jaw myself. I like him. Yes. Oh my gosh. He has such great facial features. Like, yes. my God, that man. He I want to be captured his face. my heart in White Collar. Yes. yes I, heard I remember you watching White Collar. I love white collars, good stuff. What'd you guys pick? Okay, so I have two. Like you, I have Josh Sagara, who is, if you watch Arrow, 
he plays uh, Adrian Chase, mm. who's a bad guy, but he's super sweet and nice in Christmas on the Square. I was like, <laughs> he's perfect. <laughs> but this is him. <gasps> okay. Aww, I, I can see that. that. Yeah, he is. And then the other one is Yusef Gatewood, which he's in Good Omens. He plays Famine. Ooh. Yes. And he's in uh, Leg- mm. uh, the originals. He's uh, the one of the witches, but... This is him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm yeah. Him. Him's handsome. Mm. Him. <laughs> uh, he's also in the um- Umbrella Academy, too, I guess. Season two. <gasps> I, I love Umbrella Academy. I just don't know who he is in that. I don't remember. I don't know, but I like it. I'm here for it. Heather, who'd you pick for Jace? So I went for Michael B. Jordan in Black <gasps> Panther. He, yeah, he's the opposing in Black Panther. Yeah. He also plays in Creed. I know. Yeah. Yeah. He's an attractive guy. I got it with him. It's about Jace Montgomery, like right now. Yeah, he is wonderful. God, I say we pick all like four or five men that we mentioned. I don't even care. <laughs> all of them. All of them. You all just of get, them each get a different scene. Yes. <laughs> God. All right, I have Charles next, and Ooh. I had a hard time casting. Him I have a couple. In I, have two I said girls. I have one, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so I had Michael Douglas because Michael I think that Douglas. he can. <laughs> yeah! Okay, I'm he can be it. a I'm selfish asshole. Yes, I'm so into it. <laughs> I mean, and I wouldn't have thought so, but then I watched the Kaminsky method, and I was like, "You're like, yep, you could be Charles." Oh my god, I love that fucking show. Okay, that's who I picked, and then the other, I didn't have a multi, I didn't have an option for the other one. I wasn't sure who, who if on my diverse cast, I was like, "Fuck it, I don't know." I chose. Um, Harrison Ford with a beard and longer hair. So, like, he has to have the beard and the long... Because I kept thinking... I could not help it, okay? I kept thinking of Donald Sutherland from... Oh, I'm prejudiced because that's so all I did, right? So I thought yeah. of him. And then but I'm he's like, okay. so nice, though. He's he so sweet. is. He is but so he nice. also plays President Snow, so we know he's got all a right. in him. See, so I thought maybe I thought I could pick him, but then I'm like, well, I know he's aging a little bit. Not that I'm ageist, but I didn't know quite the age of Charles. Like you know, I didn't know quite the age he was. So I mean, I thought, Meryl you know. Streep is definitely in her 70s, and Benny uh, Bernie is supposed to be in her like 50s or something. And I was like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm a caster anyway. But go ahead. Yeah. So don't really probably would have been. Well, that exactly. was was my pick, and then but uh, Harrison Ford, as long as he has the beard and he has like his hair, there's a picture of him, and I'm like, you are Charles, honey, you are my Charles. But yes. he also is like a good, you know, he you know who well. else would have been good, real quick, Jack Nicholson, and that's just because we all think he's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think he just is. I don't know him personally. But. <laughs> I don't know him either, but he just on Nelly's off. door with an axe and been like, "Why aren't you shining my shoes?" <laughs> Oh, the listeners don't get that reference. We read The Shining last year. <laughs> Ooh. Also, I bought a board game oh, today that is called The Shining, and it's a is it's it based about? on the movie. Oh my god! Yes. Ooh. I, I, I come up to see you guys. I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to play. <gasps> we yes. have to have game night for sure. Ooh, oh my nice. gosh! Yes, I have a couple games we need to play. If you guys haven't played Villainous yet, we're gonna have to play that. <gasps> I, okay, I've not played it. Okay, I have all the expansions because we love it in this house. And I only have me and Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, all the expansions, my aunt bought the Marvel one, and then she also bought us the red package. So, sorry, go ahead. Where are we at? Are we at Heather's uh, turn? Is it my choice or yours? Yes, it's your choice for Charles. So I have two different ways to go about it. If I want a more serious Charles, it's going to be Idris Elba. 
plays oh, on yeah. the Book okay. of Eli and Daddy's Little Girls. Daddy's Little Girls is Jacqueline's most favorite movie, like of all time. She that's when she's when she's sad, when she's sick, when she's happy, she watches that film. I'll have to watch it. But he's also in he's uh Heimdall in the Marvel movies. Yes. And he's Luther in Luther, the TV show, the oh, detective yes. TV show for BBC. Yes. Which if you haven't watched is solid. It's TV. on my watch list on Netflix and I'm really excited. I for bought that. season five because they were like, it's five bucks to buy season five. I was like, fuck it. Yes. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't watched it yet though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like him a whole okay. lot. Mm-hmm. And then if I want, if I wanted to make Charles maybe a funnier guy, like maybe a little less serious, not necessarily funny, but a little less serious, Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, I, I love him. him. What is it with these, with this motherfucking dust on my motherfucking shoes? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Also, I, th- I think that would be great. Oh, please. I want this cast now. We need Meryl Streep and Samuel L. Jackson in the same movie. Meryl Streep and Samuel oh L. Jackson in this film. Can you imagine them doing interviews after the fact? <laughs> oh, God. Because she's just so, she just comes off across so like prim mm-hmm. and proper sometimes. Anyway. <laughs> All right. I cast Emily as well. Mm-hmm. And Emily, I casted, Kane. I, I did cast Miss Emily. Oh, oh yes, I will go with whatever you. I forgot about her. That's okay. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I will choose whatever you guys choose. Okay, okay, okay. I've got it already. Uh, it's gonna be that Thompson lady, the one Emma. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Thompson. It's gonna be her there. That's Professor it. Trelawney. <laughs> That's yep, exactly that my first thought. <laughs> I have less than four hours left on Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, so I'm digging some Emma Thompson. Yeah. I'm down for that. I have Diane Carroll. You'll know her. I promise. Oh, yeah. I like her. She has a very Miss Emily face. She does, right? Miss Emily. I like it. Um, I went with Viola Davis on the she's from the oh, hell. God, I love one. her. Oh, I love yeah, her so much. She is so great. I think seeing so that Miss Emily was kind of the mama hen and wanted I don't know. There was something about her that was I don't even know if motherly is the right word, but definitely uh welcoming Viola mm-hmm. Davis does that for me. So here we are. Yeah, I can see Viola Davis like seeing me on the street and she's like, You're a terrible person. And I'm like, What's going on? What are you talking about? She's like, We have to talk. <laughs> you know, just like Jace. He's like, What is everybody? What's wrong with everyone? What? And she's Why? Like, what? I'm not liked anymore. What happened? <laughs> but you know what, though? That's so that's so true of a small town, though. Like that gossip goes around real fast. So fast. Oh, yeah. I love the scene oh, when she's God. getting her, when Terrell's getting her palpitations checked out and they all run mm-hmm. in there and they're telling her the tea. And there's another woman in there that's like listening in. It's oh, so small town. Oh god, yeah, yeah for real. She's like, like Hippa, Hippa. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, they're like, oh, and he lifted Nelly on the wall, and the other girl listening, and she's like, <gasps> he lifted her. <laughs> he can lift oh, a woman at 162 pounds. Ca- almost like no such thing as eavesdropping in a small town. <laughs> if you oh, yeah. walk into a room and there's other people there that you're not talking to, you know they're gonna run and tell the tea. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people. Like immediately, if I hear something that I want to chime in on, I'm like, first, I'm sorry, I did not mean the eavesdrop. I'm like, but, but second, secondly, <laughs> here you go. Here's what okay. you need to know. I cast Emily, uh, not Emily. God, the person's name is Emily that I cast for Houston. Okay, mm. yeah, I really like the Arrow people. I don't know if you know that, but the cast of Arrow I think is really fantastic. And the only reason I wasn't like I'm going to pick Stephen Amell for Jace is because fuck it, I should have picked Stephen Amell for Jace anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> 
Emily Bet Ricards, I think uh, she plays Felicity Smoke in Arrow. Ooh. Oh, she's very I'm pretty. Enjoying. I'm into it. She very is. striking. She can be. She is striking, and she can also be very like soft and warm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I chose Gal Gadot. Oh, nice! I just thought of like Houston is very like bronze skinned, like very dark hair, like very you I know. Didn't even think about that part of it. I was like, "Fuck no, it, I no, like this way." Okay. Like, I don't know if they even described her like that. It's just genuinely when I think of Houston and like her being a good person. I've watched, I love Gal Gadot, especially as Wonder Woman. I think she's so beautiful and she's Gosh, so perfect. She so when I thought of Houston and them talking about how she was just this good person, I'm like Gal Gadot. I'm mm-hmm. Like, sure. Her. Yeah. I can get behind them. So my Houston was Denai Guerrera and more commonly known as Michonne on The Walking Dead. And then in Black Panther, she's the warrior that has the shaved head. who's a total badass. Very gorgeous. Very striking. Because to me, that's that's very Houston. Like Houston walks into a room and you feel something about it just because she is so striking. And that is how I feel about this female. In Black Panther, she is, oh, 10 out of 10. If you like The Walking Dead, she is also 10 out of 10. So I'm really excited about that particular casting. Okay. And then my cane is Aldous Hodge, which if you've seen Leverage. I I almost picked him. I almost picked him. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I had him. I had it down between yeah. him and the person I picked. I chose Patrick Wilson. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. You like it? I saw him. I just recently watched Aquaman, and I saw him oh, be the God. bad guy. And I was like, and not that Kane's the bad guy, but I just remember Patrick Wilson, range. and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like Patrick Wilson. He's a great actor. I'm like, he's in, you know, and I could just see him being there with Gal Gadot and them. Well, I mean, and you think of it. What era was uh, Phantom of the Opera? <sighs> oh my God, what era was that? Was he, he a was- Phantom? He was Raul. Jesus yeah, he's Raul. I did not know that. You should know oh, who Phantom is. It's Gerard Butler. Oh. We were obsessed with him. And I, I forgot. Like, all I think of when I think of Patrick Wilson is the Conjuring movies now. Oh, oh the Conjuring? Oh, yeah. The Insidious. Yeah. yeah. Like, Insidious and Conjuring. Oh, my God, guys. Am I crazy? I forgot about Raul. I'm so upset. At one point in the first one, he's like, his wife is singing or whatever, and he starts to sing, too. And and he's like, just kidding, I can't sing. Or he makes a joke about that. And I always makes me laugh because I'm like, you sang as Raul, though. (laughs) I Raul. Yeah, he also I'm not saying it was like the best thing, really. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Musically inclined. So, so yes, Patrick Wilson. Who'd you pick, Heather? So I chose Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Daniel Glover. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I was oh into goodness. it. I don't know that I have a specific moment or, like, have a specific reason. I was just into it. I was like, whatever. He's a handsome guy. I'm into it. He's great. I love his eye shape. There's, like, yeah, show like us a his picture. Eyes his eyes in particular are really pretty. Because I remember seeing him. I've seen so many pictures of him as, like, the little nerdy dude. And then. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, he's also in. Uh, he plays it. in Spider-Man, too. He's like, he no, does. man. This is not cool. I have ice cream in here. <laughs> there, my favorite, like, lyric of his in his rap songs was where he's like, my peanut butter chocolate cake with Kool-Aid. And every time I hear that, I'm like, I want a peanut butter chocolate cake with Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's the Nelly and me, guys. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh that was me. Nelly I'm sorry, guys. Oof, that's a big <laughs> oof, homie. <laughs> oh, all right. So to wrap up, all said and done, we're not going to summarize this because we don't have to. Okay, um, so one more casting <laughs> that I did that I really stand. Yes. Okay. Yes. Is it um, Selma Hayek? So it's actually Anna, the maid. I need her to be Janelle Monae. 
Like a little, I'm going to, so my Anna's going to be not as useless and way more sassy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. I'm here for that. Yeah. So that's, uh, I just had okay, to bring I'm, that one up real quick. Thank you. I'm looking up Janelle on it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she plays in Hidden Figures. Like She's a little bit sassy. She's a singer. I enjoy her quite a bit. Listen, you know, I have the movie Hidden Figures here and I have not watched it yet. So. I haven't seen it either, but it's been oh on my, my list Oh my gosh, guys. It is marvelous. That is... Okay, so we got to stop this. You need to go watch I Can Do Battle by Myself and we'll go we'll watch, watch Hidden Figures. figures. Yeah. Yes, please. That's it. That's the plan <laughs> we'll, of the day. We'll reconvene. So ultimately, end of the day, recommend or not? 110%. Definitely recommend if you want like a light, quick read. I feel like you can get through it pretty easily. If you want something that's not going to like burn a lot of your brain cells to get through. In, in a sense of like, book. you know, you don't have to keep up with a lot of super, like it's Nellie and Jace and Terrell and like the dad, like you just have to keep up with a few things. Like you're not, you know, and I enjoyed that about this. Like it was standalone by itself, but you could also, if you did want the chance to go off and see more of the family, like Heather was mentioning, you could read those other books and components of that. But yeah, I recommend it. I think it's good. I mean, all things considered, I enjoy okay. it. Me too. You know, I I loved it. I had a great time. Yes, I would recommend this book, despite the things that I disliked about it. And, you know, there were obviously more things I liked about it than disliked. I still think it's like, it's a really good feel good read. It's really quick to get through. If you're just looking for something, like you said, that's light and feel good. I mean, the one thing I like about romance novels, period, is that, you know, I always say that there's a happy ending, there's a love story, and you know I'm a bitch for love, and there's sex. Now, granted, I don't necessarily care so much about the sex, but the other two things are my big things. Uh And and again, like a romance novel, you can always count on at least one scene. Right. So, yes, I... I, yeah, I had a great time with it. Thanks for recommending it, Heather. Yeah. And like, even with the sex scene, you know, if there are people listening, it was super, um, it was very tactful. Yeah, it was very good. Like, I enjoyed it. It was very, like, he was very sweet and it was not over. Yeah, it's not overly done. I think my favorite line from the sex scene is she received him. I'm like, oh, how nice. Just a good receival. <laughs> like receiving a letter. Like, <laughs> yeah, a letter. like a nice love note or something. She just received okay, him. When we Excellent. Read, <laughs> when we read my pick that is sort of romancy, that is not the case. Oh, she does not gently receive. <laughs> I don't think there's actually, there's no sex, but there is some overt shit. You're like, holy crap, she went there. It's not oh, erotica. I'm ready, girl. Yeah, I'm super excited for it too. Anyway. Yes, I like okay. the sauciness of that. And the fact that they would like stop and they were they were done and they'd eat and then they'd go back and have more sex and then they yeah, eat more. And I'm like, so. yes, girl. They need yeah. energy, okay? It takes a oh, lot. We've all been there, right? Um, so obviously oh, yes. I would recommend it. I recommended it to our book club. Uh, but to be a little mm-hmm. more specific, I think it is. It's a good quick read, standalone book. You got to love a Cinderella trope. If you're not into a Cinderella trope, then don't read it because that's exactly what it is. But sometimes you just want that. Sometimes you need a little fairy tale. There's a reason fairy tales work. This is not the podcast for you. Yeah, (laughs) that's a fact. So, uh, yeah, I'm super into it. Uh, And as much as I said, one of the negative things was the characters. They are still some of my favorite things about the book as well, obviously. So. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this book, like, if at any point you Deborah wanted to make, or anybody wanted to make, like, a modern twist on this, I think it would still be a great story. Like, you know, I think some things societally have updated since the book sure, sure. was released. Of course, oh, yeah, that was, like, 40, wait, when, did, yeah. when did it get published? Oh, it was, like, 1980s, 80s, right? Yeah, 89. late 80s, I want to say. 
I can tell you in about okay, eight, so like, like 30, 30 years, years ago. Yeah, because we're almost 30. Let's not talk about it. Like I said, no, it cracks me up in the kitchen, the movie room, it still had VHSs. <laughs> like, you know, even well, in she heaven. She did say all time is happening at the same time, which right. is why instead of Nellie, uh, instead of like, well, yes, oh girl, Bernie died in the 80s, she still like had influence over the 1800s because all time is happening at the same time in the kitchen. So maybe Nellie was like, I'm comfortable with VHS tapes, so that's what I'm going to use. Better like, if we end up in the kitchen, we're going to be like, wait, where's the streaming services at? I don't have Netflix. What is happening? Where's (laughs) HBO Max? (laughs) Oh, God, this is hell. (laughs) (laughs) Commercials. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. I want to pay extra. All right. Well, it sounds like we've said all we got to say. So I guess thank you, readers, for unless you guys have anything else before. No. Okay. All right. Thanks for joining us on Three Reads. Remember to check the Instagram for the upcoming book bite and other books we're going to be reading. We'll be back to turn the page soon. Mm